0: Welcome to the Drunk Tank episode 17! I got it right this time, asshole. Yeah, you can <sighs> right. Yeah, I can count. I learned. I went to shul this morning. I did my <laughs> arithmetic's. I did my flashcards. I'm good. Yes. It's it's not a new, new graphic, thing, but it is new. Welcome to episode 17, media bullshit! On the screen to my, I don't know what, that's my right, your left. That would be Chris. Say hi, Chris. I didn't hear shit. Say it again. What? I didn't hear you say shit. Say it again. You said, hi, Chris. Oh, there you go. I heard you that time. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was typing in another thing. Uh, Oh, okay. You're fired up, Chat Reno.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I opened up that. No, I was typing in the... I was putting my beer into the the
0: document. Nice. Yeah, that's Chris. He's my Scottish drinking partner and podcast co-host. Uh, yep, That is, that graphic was done by Chris's little, uh, team of graphic designers who <laughs> he's got shit through, so that's cool, I like that. Um, it is hot as shit today! You missed it, oh yeah, of course you missed it, you're late, monster, you're late. Um, but yeah, so, it's been a busy week, I have not talked to you since Sunday, was it Sunday I talked to you? It's been a minute. Yeah, I think
1: it was Sunday. You might, or you, it might have been Tuesday. You might have went... You were in chat on Tuesday.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I chatted a little was, bit on I Tuesday. I was
1: timing that, but every other day or... Since Wednesday, I've literally been going to my bed early. Like, it's been crazy. I've been going to... Like, on time, I've been going to my bed.
0: Like... <laughs> I mean I'm still no sleeping, but like I'm actually gone to bed. Well that's what you get for playing horror games.
1: Even if they're horror games.
0: That's the crazy thing. (laughs) Like my plan is to get asleep one day, but just know the day. Not today. Yeah, me neither. I'm wearing I am wearing the best asshole boyfriend ever t-shirt today, because fuck it. (laughs) Oh my god, it's, oh this week.
1: This week has been I good. I've seen on Friday, you were like, it was. I mean, it was like 3 a.m. for me, but on the Saturday after I got out of my bed, I'd seen that you like had a late, late one on Friday night. Uh, did I stream Friday? No, but you'd find me then. Discord. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: dude, I got, work went nuts, and then I came home, and, like, I was so far behind. By the time I got home and got everything eaten and everything, it was like nine nine thirty. I was like, "There's no way I'm streaming." I was sweating my balls off because the AC went out at work, and we were slammed. So I was I was in and out of the heat and cold. <laughs> it's a wife beater too. Of course it is. Of course it is. Zim. My girlfriend bought it for me. And it's kept the Skull graphic on it. <laughs> I'm 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 totally douchebagging it today, boy. I'm douchebagging it today. Oh my god. But yeah. Work work has been interesting, okay? Work hasn't been bad. Like it normally is like, oh my god, I hate my job. I yeah. uh <laughs> I uh it's been crazy because one, it's been three weeks since I gave my notice. They haven't talked to me at all. Like I don't know if they're mad or salty that I'm leaving, but they haven't talked to me. I don't know who's replacing me. We're losing two other... The only other two uh, permanent guards are leaving. So they've got a six-man site with nobody there. All right. And and they're getting mad because like they called me up. They were like, hey, we need you to work extra. I was like, no. <laughs> I, I got to pack my house. And they're like, but, but, but. I'm like, no. I, I gave you... I gave you a a 14 on Wednesday or a 15 on Wednesday. I'm not working late again because you can't do your job. And they were like, well, I was like, no, it's not my job. I gave you 30 days notice that I'm leaving and you are either failing to fucking find somebody to replace me or you're dragging your feet. So that's been interesting dealing with that and the lack of communication with work. And then here at the house, things have been crazy because we finally got noticed that the financials are dropping this week, right? One half of the financials are dropping this week. Then we got noticed that the other financials, I know, right? Um, the other half of the financials are being processed to be dispersed. So instead of having like no money, we're like, uh, we don't got nothing in the bank right now except for what we've been able to script and scribe, which is enough to get us out there. But we're going to be like, arms for the poor. Ims for the poor. <laughs> Turns out we're going to have a, a we're going to be, we're not going to be like spade tight or nothing, but we're going to be all right. Problem is, we got to look at the timing when like the first half drops this week, and then right. the other half of the finances that we weren't sure were going to be available. We'll drop sometime hopefully before we leave or it'll drop while we're on the road direct deposit. Right. So if we get both financial drops plus my paycheck plus my vacation. So when I get my paycheck on the 25th, that's the date, the the morning we leave. I'll have 121 hours of vacation pay on that. I'll have uh, 90 or more hours on that for my regular work week. Plus I'll have 27 or more extra hours because we don't get paid for the week of work that we get paid. So like we get paid every two weeks. but Yeah. So like the, the payday, the payday week, we don't get that, but because I'm leaving that week, they're going to add paydays, three days on top of my payday schedule. So I should have something like a hundred and 130 hours regular pay and then like 121 hours vacation pay all on one check and then instantly 500 of that is going to that morning is going to my ex for my July child support so I'm gonna send a bunch of money to the child support agency and say this is July's payment and then the extra that I give her to make up because they haven't child support never rebalanced my uh, child support payment so between me and my ex, we worked out how much more it should be, and I've just been okay. paying her cash uh, to equal what my child support would pay. So I'm I'm basically chunking out July so that she has her July child support, so that in case I don't work right away, she doesn't yes, miss don't. out on child support, and I don't get yeah I don't fall behind. So and then once that's done. We got to hit the grocery store on the way out of town because we're doing like sandwiches and and, uh, snacks and shit for the kids for the road. And then uh, we're just going to make sandwiches and and do like uh, 11 hour days. We're going to just do 11s for the 30 some hours it's going to take. They will. Zim. They will. Oh, I've been been reminding them daily. I sent them a (laughs) breakdown. I sent them a breakdown of what should be on my check. And it was like to the minute. And all I got was we got it so yeah so yeah I mean I'm excited like we we had a walkthrough we had a virtual walkthrough on a place that we're looking at (laughs) I like the place but uh, no basement right no full basement so it's a three bedroom one bathroom but there's a den and then it's got a little side yard a pretty big side yard and a fenced in patio The problem is, is my landlord has the garage, so there's no garage access for us. And they're, like, right across the back fence. So my landlord would actually live on the property, which I guess in some ways is really good, and in other ways, not so much. Yeah, that seems a bit, like, weird. Yeah, I mean, it it's a nice house. It's got some old it's got some old school charm and you know, some of the some of the stuff is really nice about it, but on the other hand, I'm kind of like mm, do I really want my do I really want my landlord <laughs> right across the back <laughs> fence and the landlord's got like a pool and a big backyard and my kids are going to be like, "Can we go into the landlord's pool?" and I'm like mm, mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, it- looking at, to you know, do you have your paddling pool?
1: With your wife fi your can of beer, we are sofa out in the back garden, we're feet in the pool. It just it
0: will only work. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, and then they they do their utilities on a flat rate, and they told us, oh well, we calculated the utilities for three people, not five, so we'd have to recalculate the flat rate. And I'm like, uh, mm, I get it, but so I don't know. We got a we got three weeks to nail down a place, but uh, our friends out there have a have a half acre and we can just pitch a tent and like crash mm-hmm. out on their half acre for a while. If we need to find yeah. a better spot. I mean, it's, it it's not bad. Things are looking up. The financials dropping is a huge weight off our shoulders. Yeah. Cause that's what we were panicking about. Like anything else we can make work. As long as we got the money to survive and get out there, it's fine. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that's been my week is like just getting stuff ready in the house, dealing with the craziness that is work. Uh, you know shit like that so that's been my week um, other than that not much what are you drinking tonight I am drinking
1: something that's going to get you so fucking excited
0: I'm avoiding it I'm av- I saw it like,
1: and i fucking hate you like I was sitting there in the shop <laughs> and I went Do you know what I'm going to pick up Dox's favourite fucking beer. It's not my favourite! Just, just to have that camaraderie with him. <laughs> no! Just to have that... Do you know what? I know how much Dox loves these beers.
0: I hate those it's
1: beers! Let's share in that. So I am drinking a Coors. <laughs> fucking, and it was as cold as the Rockies. I fucking I hate started, you! But I'm, the cans went a wee bit chilled out because I emptied it. I fucking, oh. I fucking hate you right now. So I mean, it's one of the best beers I've tried.
0: It is hopefully. not, you lying motherfucker. It's probably,
1: maybe number two, maybe number three in the list so far. I'd probably have to say, like, I, I know I'm just kind of stepping on your your toes, and it's what you would say as well. Mm-hmm. But I thought I would, I'm going to take that off of you so that you don't have to say <laughs> that.
0: Uh-uh. No, <laughs> no, 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 no! That's a bad Scotsman. <laughs> no, in all fairness, Curz is...
1: I am I'm literally feel as if I'm drinking toilet water. I know, right? <laughs> it's absolutely... Like, it's just fucking wrong. Like, that is just... I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, as we've said before, these beers are the gatekeepers to a night out. These are the ones that keep your night going on a cheap fucking basis. But my fucking God, that is rank. It is. It's just nothing to it. You're literally just drinking dirty water that hits you in the back of the tongue with the bitterness. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like, I feel nothing anywhere else on my tongue. It's just the back where the bitter taste buds are, where it's gone. That's where we live. We live in that shitty area. <laughs>
0: like It's, 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 it's trash. It's, it's piss. It's actual piss. I know. I know. Why would you ever spend money on that? I didn't. I took it off my dad. Your dad needs better taste.
1: No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: like, a hell of a wagon. Every, every is. drink, every drink yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. had on this party, podcast, party, party. I've showed my, party, oh, I've let party, my dad taste it, so and much, nine times out of ten, he, party, can, party, he party, it up because he has uh, a yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: culture, culture. Yeah, right. Well, because your uncultured ass is drinking shit water. I have stepped up and uh, got me... Ooh, look. You can't even see it on camera. I got Magnus. Uh, original Iris Sata. Now, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. It's way different than what we got over here. Like, over here, you can get... like You can see through the bottle. Look at that. That's sexy. Look at that. I like that. Um, you can... Over here, you can get, like, Angry Orchard and... Um, what's the other one? What's the other one? Angry Orchard Reds Apple Cider, and then there's a. Um, mm, what is the? There's like a squirrel or a, a angry gopher one or whatever, angry ground oh angry groundhog or whatever. That's another really big cider brand over here. This one not sweet. Magners is not sweet.
1: No, it's a dry, dry cider. It's, it's very generic dry. Generic as fuck. Yeah, there's like no, there's no apple taste in it! It's the coolest of fucking cider. <laughs> <laughs> like this is just I'm, like people <laughs> at any fucking shop and say I want yeah. cider and they'll go we've got Magnus or Strombo <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's my uh it's my air conditioner. It's it's running weird. I apologize for the rattle. I should be able to take that out when the uh, when the uh, audio uh, version comes out because my mic is the noise gate edits it out. But when I when I speak, it is loud enough to get picked up by the mic. So I apologize, but I will edit that out for the audio version of the podcast. So please bear with I,
1: me. I well, well, in chat, this US people will not have a fucking clue. So this is just between us and the UK people frosty Jackson, and white lightning those two were fucking childhood alcohol beverages you used to go down to the shop when you were like 13, 14 and you'd get your, some, some random guy that was old enough to go into the shop for you pick up your 3 litre bottle for like £2.60 and then you and your pals would go up to the fucking swing park or the fucking skate park or something like that and you'd sit there and that's how you'd spend your fucking evening as a fucking adolescent, thirteen-year-old shit stain.
0: Yeah, White lightning is a different. Is a different thing over here. White lightning is moonshine. <clears throat> for us. So, on white
1: lightning cider was probably the exact fucking same thing.
0: Yeah, ours, ours, <laughs> ours is white moonshine. Used to be called white lightning. Because uh, what they would, because the way the, the it was the white folk that ran fast. Eh? No, it was the shiners trying yeah. to outrun the revenuers in their in their souped up cars in the Appalachians and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, there's also a brand of moonshine called White Lightning here in the states. It's not very good. I would imagine, Cause, of course, moonshine itself isn't really good anyway. By the way, uh, as we say every podcast, or nearly every podcast, if you are joining us for a drink, please be of legal drinking age, do not drink and drive, and remember to drink responsibly. That way the lawyers don't can't Don't drink at
1: 13 you- in the skate park.
0: Yeah, don't do that either.
1: <laughs> Those were different times. That was, that, that was when it was allowed back in the day. It was never allowed back in the day, no lie. <laughs> it kind of was. Like, they used to just walk up to you and go, you was drinking? No pour it out. Alright then. <laughs> yeah. And then they would leave you alone. You just had to pour out one bottle. They didn't know about the six would stashed in the, bu- the bushes like ten minutes earlier.
0: Yeah. Uh, I remember back in the day where people were trying to do vodka in mouthwash bottles. To go to school. That is
1: such an amateur fucking movie. I know! In a water bottle. You have two water bottles. <laughs> one with water, one with vodka. And if anybody asks you to give them the water bottle, they drink it and you go, there you go, mate. I mean, why is it so difficult?
0: Well, back in the day, water bottles weren't ubiquitous like they are now. Like now, you can carry a water bottle in school, but back in the day, people would like mix vodka into their like scope to get drunk at high school. I never did because fuck that shit. But uh, that that was a big one for like the kids in my high school. They would they would take uh, scope especially and mix it like like mix it with vodka. I'm forgetting that you went to school with dinosaurs, but
1: Shut when up. we went to school, uh, we had like bottles of water, like they were very common. <laughs>
0: not me, not me, we, 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 back in the day, we even had like the bubbler still, like where you could get, bend over and get some water out the bubbler. Now everybody's got a water bottle. Yeah, because people would make out with the fucking The bubbler? <laughs> Exactly. So why the fuck we want to drink that? That's the reason we have COVID. <laughs> That's the reason you went over in school. Yes, the things were. Or was the Catholic school? No, or was it wasn't. School school? I went to public fucking high school. That, that that was a shit show. I was probably safer. <laughs> it was probably yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's been a nuts day. So hey, let's talk about let's talk about football before we get into today's topic. Scotland 1-0 against Luxembourg in a friendly today, huh? I know, it was a
1: stunning fucking victory. It like, was nice! They played their hearts out and fought for everything that game.
0: Bro, that game was a snooze
1: fest. Oh, it was a pile of shite.
0: <laughs> <The> Scotland <laughs> like had several game.
1: chances and they
0: couldn't convert. What the
1: fuck? Scotland, like as I said before we started if you follow Scotland you'll get used to it, Scotland are shite you'll learn how to bullshit people, you'll learn how when you're in Scotland we talk about how shite we are, but to everybody else, oh, we're fucking amazing. Like, we've just no had our chance and our opportunity to take it. But you'll learn, as if you support Scotland, that you'll quickly learn that hopes and dreams are made-up fantasies that do not exist, and you might as well accept
0: the fact that Scotland are shite. <laughs> Luxembourg was playing <laughs> passive! Luxembourg was playing like they were laying on their back waiting for a date! And Scotland could do shit. In 90% of the match, they had one less player. <laughs> yeah, but still, you can play aggressive. Why? <laughs> because you act like you want to be there. They were like, oh, we're Luxembourg. Like, but at least Scotland we went- was making attempts. Yeah, but, like, how did the match turn out? A 1 0 win?
1: Ever Luxembourg were then worked? <laughs> because they managed to hold a, an aggressive team to a 1-0 victory with one less player so like, I, like as far as I'm concerned Luxembourg played well it's like the whole thing everybody was talking bit when McGregor fought Mayweather yeah. and they were all gaining it, oh Mayweather beat him oh, ha, ha. that's a time. at the end of the day pound for pound, Mayweather is the greatest ever yep. boxer in the last hundred years pound Mayweather. for pound, bet boxer Conor McGregor Got a decision against him. He went ten rounds with the best pound for pound fighter in the last hundred years.
0: Does this say much about Conor McGregor then? No. It, well, it do, it's, it it no. does. It doesn't. I mean, to be fair, Mayweather hasn't knocked nobody out in fucking twenty years. So
1: McGregor no, exactly.
0: McGregor wasn't in any real danger in that fight. Oh yeah, I know. But like, that's it's a similar thing of
1: like. The Scotland games against Luxembourg. At the end of the day, say what you want about Luxembourg, they with what with ten men, they managed to keep Scotland at bay. Scotland had chance after chance. Scotland did. could not convert
0: the chances. So Luxembourg, as far as I'm concerned, done well. I mean, you could look at it that way, but like from my perspective, I'm like they were playing so passive that Scotland had four or five really good chances to convert and they couldn't, and I don't know why, because Luxembourg wasn't playing particularly good defense. Like, their keeper was really good, but half the shots Scotland had were wide off the fucking... They were wide or above. It's like, come the fuck on! It just comes down
1: to the battle of Luxembourg's defense weren't that good, but if the Luxembourg defense were shite, that must mean that the Scottish attack were shitter. <laughs> if we couldn't be, if we couldn't score against a shite defence, that must say something about Scotland.
0: Yes, yeah, and still once
1: ten men, they just went defensive because they knew that they had to be defensive to go on the counter. It was just a shame that their striker that you also love was shite. <laughs>
0: you know what, stop giving Rodriguez from Luxembourg problems, that brother was working his tail off he could run, that was it, all he could
1: do was run, they pumped the ball up to him and he ran, and then he couldn't control he couldn't pass and he couldn't shoot and I'm (laughs) sorry, if you're playing at international level, I know when you talk about like Gibraltar and New Zealand they have players that are bankers part-time because they've not got a big pool. But Luxembourg have professional football players. Uh-huh. And if you cannot play good football on an international level, then I'm sorry, but you're just shite. That's it. Or oh, you get better. Like, you've got plenty
0: of time. Just train and work hard and you'll get better. But don't talk shite. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Scotland, Scotland's two big strikers were doing good. Adams and... Uh... What's his name? Dykes and Adams? Those two guys look like they know what they're doing. I mean, Dykes had a good... I mean, Dykes didn't really have the
1: great game. Dykes Dykes is better played when he's got a partner. Every time Dykes plays, he always... uh, Clark always plays one up front. Dykes wins every fucking heater, and nobody's up with him. So the ball just gets to shite. He had somebody up alongside them, and they were actually... They were decent. They just couldn't finish the fucking shot. So like it's it's proven that if Dykes is gonna play for Scotland, he needs a pal up front. Of him, Otherwise
0: Yeah, Adams looked like he was up to the task of helping Dykes out, but they couldn't yeah. they couldn't connect consistently. They were trying to I was watching him trying to work the, the back line of Luxembourg and where Dykes was up front, Adams was still catching up. So I don't know if he was Adams didn't have positioning right or he was a half step slower. But it seemed like every time Dykes was up around the net, Adams was either coming up behind, off to the left or to the right, but he, he couldn't finish and Dykes couldn't find him. So if Adams and Dykes could get on the page, that'd be a good one-two punch. Hmm. You know, and then who's that guy? They they said there was a guy on Scotland from Rangers. Was that Fraser? No, it was Parson. Was the it Parson? right back that came on. Okay. Because I was like, oh, a Rangers dude. I know that. I know that team.
1: Yeah, no he's the only one. The other one um was somebody that got injured before, so we've all like that's the only two fucking Scottish players we've got. But um It's just he's, he's he's he has one of the better ones. I'm still confused as to why he didn't start, but why
0: Patterson didn't start?
1: Yeah, like I I rate Patterson more than O'Donnell because Patterson's played at a higher level than O'Donnell. And you'll get people that will say, well, he's had 20 caps, but at the end of the day, he's played for Kilmarnock and Motherwell.
0: Palace right. has been at
1: Rangers. He's right. Trained with the best, he's played with the best. O'Donnell hasn't. And the problem that I've got with the Scotland team is so many of them do not have international experience. Mm. Like, I'm no, I'm no meaning as in, like, we've got three goalkeepers over the age of 33 which is weird, <laughs> yeah, because that's... you really only play one of them unless somebody gets injured. So I would have taken a youngster. But up front, we've taken Dykes, Shea Adams, and who's the other count we've taken? Yeah, I can't remember who the other person that is that we've taken, but it's three players that have an unproven international record. Uh-huh. Like Dykes, or Nisbet. Nisbet Nisbet's probably yeah, first goal against the Netherlands. And during the week there, so that's his first international goal on his debut. And then Dykes, I think, scored maybe two, three international goals and in mm-hmm. like eight, nine appearances. Shea Adams has scored one, two goals and like three, four. Uh, 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 uh op- or like uh, in the international, so that's the that three strikers do not have international goal scoring pedigree there were strikers that we could have taken to have that bit of experience and he's not taking them. So that's where you have to turn around and go, well, look at what happened today. We don't have strikers that can score goals consistently when the chances are there. We don't have a clinical finisher. That's where I think you're going to notice Scotland struggling in this Euros because we don't have an out-and-out striker, really, because... Considering that Shea Adams is a right winger, made striker. Uh, Nisbet is a left winger, made striker. And Dykes is a target man. He's no a a goal scorer. He's a target man. That's why you need somebody up with him.
0: He has some good headers, but they were just off the mark slightly. Yeah. And then Adams Adams had a couple chances, but that one where, and, and what was it, late time? where that pass came off and Adams hooked it and it went into the ground and then popped up. Yeah. If he wouldn't have hooked it into the ground, he had a shot at it. Yeah, exactly. But that's somebody with, without the experience. Mm-hmm.
1: That's just a young striker. You can't fault him for that.
0: No, I'm not. I, well, I was rooting for
1: him. Well, I'm not saying it was you personally. I've just been like, that's something you can't fault a young player for having those little mistakes. Those are what makes you learn, and when you get to your peak, that's what makes you a better player. But right. it's that kind of way. It's it's a struggle that we don't have someone that we can rely on. I'm not saying don't play the youngsters, but what I'm saying is we should have taken a striker like the likes of Lee Griffiths or uh-huh. like a Jordan Rhodes or some a player that even if you take off the bench twenty minutes late before the end of the match, it's a player that. Even in that 20 minutes, he's a threat. And that the other team will have to fucking play football. So it's it's one of the ones, it's just a case of, that's where I think we're going to struggle. That's yeah, where I think. Yeah, the finish. Yeah, is just seen. Because we've got a midfield that's got experience. We've got a defence that has international experience. To yeah, the your defence
0: looked good. Your keeper looked really good. Yeah. Oh the
1: keeper, like that's number one goalkeeper for Scotland. He's played many, I guess. What was that Mitchell? But, I think
0: it was his name. Mitchell. Yeah, uh, Marshall. Marshall, that's it, yeah. 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 It's uh he played good. Like I've when it comes to football, I've played uh defenseman and I've played keeper. And my favorite thing to do is play because I like getting up in people's faces and, and putting my body on them. Um like guys would come down and they'd be dribbling the ball. Special that's known as Rick. no 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 mm-hmm. they dribble down and I would get in the way or they would take a shot and I'd take the shot off the inside of the shin or whatever and yeah. i I really love frustrating guys when they have to change the dribble or alter their alter their shot so i I literally get real physical playing defenseman where when I play keeper keeper is a reactionary you got to like fast twitch, change of directions. But, uh... (laughs) But, yeah, I really like playing defenseman because my specialty would be putting a body on a guy and and frustrating them to the point where I literally had a dude kicked off the the pitch because he just got angry because he's like, every time I get the ball, you're there! And every time I shoot it, it's bouncing off your chest or your leg or whatever. I'm like, then I'm doing my job. Yeah, and defenseman. Yeah, right? I, I love playing defense. It was really good. Like... I watched the game because, like you were saying, you're my friend and you're rooting for Scotland. So I'm like, I saw it on my TV. I'm like, ooh, Scotland Luxembourg. I was like, I should probably tune in just to see what's going on. And I was like, mm. and I thought it was, I thought it was the the start of the Euros. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then the announcer like, oh, it's a friendly. I'm like, ah, this shit don't count them. <laughs> I was like, what is with bull jive like this? But yeah, it was fun. I'll- But I don't know, man, like, it doesn't look good for your team, man. If they're, like you were saying, we were texting during the game. If Scotland can't put up more than one against Luxembourg. Oh, yeah, like, that's that's the sad
1: thing about it is that against Luxembourg, you can get away with making these mistakes. You You can get away with no finishing your shot. But see, when you're up against the likes of Croatia or Czech Republic, England, Belgium, these teams they'll punish you. Yeah. So I was only scoring one. You can turn around and go, well, on any given day, like the day we won. Right. But if we have seven, like, if because I had this argu- or, uh, argument, about argument, debate in my dad. So uh, if we score one and England score three, we can't greet to the, the tournament hosts and say, "I bet." What about our seven chances that we missed? <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Like If we're not putting the ball in the back of the net and the other team are, then it doesn't fucking matter how many chances we get. It's how many we take and don't allow the other team to get. Yeah, it's how many so, you convert. So as one of the ones, Scotland don't need to perform. Now, the good thing with Scotland is Croatia have never beaten them. But right. In four games, Scotland has two wins, two draws. And the against the Czech Republic, the last three games, Scotland have won. England, it's like, we've had 48 wins, they've had 53 wins, and then there's like fucking 30 draws because we've been playing since the fucking 1800s. Right. But if we consider it that way, if we can get the points against Croatia and the Czech Republic that we can, the last time we played England, I'm pretty sure, was the last time it was the 2-2 draw. Or we got pumped after them. It was one or the other. Mm. Um but in games against England, Scotland turn up, it's like, again yeah, it's a rivalry, you always fucking turn up and play harder. Right. But to me, if as so long as we can get the points against Croatia and the Czech Republic, we'll qualify. That's it. We just need those six points. So as much as you want to beat England at the end of the day, so long we can't put all our effort on beating England and get pumped after the other two. Because if we get pumped after the other two, then what does it fucking matter? Like, I know beating England is a big thing, but we're at the Euros. Let's not turn up just to make up numbers. Let's turn up and upset the apple cart <coughs> a wee bit. Let's right. turn up and fucking qualify and play
0: football. So well, I don't just base it on one game. Well, Hendo in chat says you'll make it out of group. Who's in your group? Do you know? Croatia, Czech Republic, and England. Is it okay? I wanted yeah. to make sure because Hendo's like, we'll make it out of group. And then in, in Chatty was like, Griffith's free kicks and equalizer. Griffith's not on the team this year.
1: Uh, but it was in the last game we played against England. Griffith scored
0: twice, and we d- we drew 2-2 two, two with him. Oh, okay. No, okay, that's what yep. he was getting at. Okay. I needed yep. to clarify because um, I'm like, he's not on the team this year. I know. I know.
1: And I wish he was because he scored the two goals against England. <laughs> against England. <laughs> but. Is. It's just what they want. It's just some of the decisions that Clark's made in his team selection is a bit. Weird. I mean, don't get me wrong, the England fucking selection's just as bad. Yeah. But it's just, I think up top, Scotland are going to, I, I don't think the Scottish strikers are going to be getting their goals. No. I think the likes of Christie and uh, young Fraser and stuff like that, uh-huh. I think it'll be where midfield you'll see a lot more goals coming from.
0: Maybe the defenders threw set pieces in that, but... <clears throat> well, from what I saw, if they can set Dykes up and Dyke... If they can free Dykes up to set up Adams, I think that connection is really good. That, that connection... I saw a little bit of potential there in this game, but, even though they scored to the one. Dykes can set it up. Maybe add, if Adams finishes better, he got a shot. But that's the thing. This is the <clears throat> one and only game that he's played two up top. He's
1: played somebody up with Dykes. Okay. every other game up until now, he puts Dykes up himself. Dykes just he does the ball. Nothing comes of anything, and then okay. he gets taken off, and we put up a striker that can play himself. Uh, so okay. unless Arcs going to play the two up front, Dykes is useless. Like, and it's one of the ones that it's it's a sad state of affairs to just be able to come out and say that. But without a partner, Dykes is useless. Dykes is a target man. He's yeah, he's the one in the a playgarden striker. Sorry.
0: He's a point he guard, he sets up. To,
1: yeah, he needs, he needs somebody to play off him. And that's well, what it always was. It was a little and large. You had the big player, the big target man, and you had the quick young, or the quick speedy player that right. would run on the That's what we need. And Clark is going to go play that. Clark's going to play one up top, and he's going to have Christie and Armstrong playing after striker. Mm. And Dykes well, is just going to be up
0: there himself. Uh, you've, al- you the al- you've got 11 guys on the field, right? So you got the keepers one, and then you got 10 other guys in the field, right? Yep. Why don't you Why don't you play – why doesn't he play three <clears> – <throat> why doesn't he do three defense, two in the mid, and then run four up front?
1: Because if you run four up front, then that's you just unbalanced. You put everybody up front. Because if you put everybody up front, as soon as the boss played behind them, then you've got nine players for the opposition that are now played against five because we've got four players up top. So it's it's about finding that balance, but the problem that there is is, the way he's got his team set up, he's got the three centre-backs and the two wing-backs, which is a mm. fair play, right. because the wing-backs are running up and playing, and adding, bees, basically being extra attackers in the outside. But the mm. problem that we've got is, if we play Dykes up himself, the rest of the midfield sort of just fall away, they stay defensive rather than attacking. Right, And then it means that the only players that we've got attacking are backs and Dykes. And Dykes doesn't have anybody that can be up there as a goal-scoring threat. But if he plays somebody else up with him, we've got that threat. But it's just trying to find that balance because you're like, well, who do you take off? I thought the team that he had today worked well. There's a couple of players that I would swap out that's got the experience and a wee bit more fucking determination. Right, but the way he had them set up works for Dykes. You've seen Dykes getting a lot more involved in the match. Whereas if you watch like a previous match with Dykes up front, when he's up himself, he's non-existent. He's nowhere. He ends right. up having to come back to the midfield to win the ball. And then we've not got a striker up front. Mm, okay. So it says it's just it's trying to find that balance. and All you can really say is we just have to wait and see. What he goes with, because I mean, you can sit and make predictions, you can make all these choices, but until
0: he puts out his team, we'll never actually know. Yeah, Hendo says Robertson has got some really good passing. Yeah, Robertson is what
1: uh, left wing back. He plays mm. for Liverpool as well. He has. He's a decent, decent player. He can defend and he can attack. But again, that's where I also say, like, he's got the capabilities, but. If we've now got a target man up front and somebody else that can take the ball in, Robertson goes up front to cross the ball in and then it leaves us with a hole at the back mm, because okay. everybody has to shuffle around to try and fill in the void. And that's how on the break it can be a problem. That's why when Robertson gets up there, somebody needs to be on the other end of that ball mm. and putting it away. And that's where I think we
0: might just struggle makes sense. The other thing I want to touch on before we move on to the main topic is uh that fucking shoulder to head shot, bro. Wow. Your your young cat that came on, he was on for less than like 2 minutes. And that fucking Luxembourg dude, they went up to they went up to challenge, there was a challenge for the ball. For those of you that are just listening, ball was ball was past aerial pass. The young Scottish kid goes up to get it. The Luxembourg defender goes up to meet him, and the Luxembourg player's shoulder just wham this dude's head. Just knocked this kid onto the turf. I was like, wow. I I was like, if that wasn't a dirty hit, I'd be like, that's a fucking hit. Let's go. But I was like, ooh. And then after that, Scotland got a little chippy. I was like, oh, here we go. Let's go. But the, re- the, refs, the the refs kind of shook it out. I was like, oh, man, that's, all, right, all right, whatever. But, yeah, that yeah kid- well, that's it. Nice. So
1: if if you, you hit one of the Scottish players, the other Scottish players are coming in. I mean, it is one of the ones. Like, at the end of the day, it's still a context, but, like, it's going to happen. Yeah. it like, was. A- that's, that's how it goes. But it just depends on, like... If the the right action's taken of it, like, if it's completely accidental, you can't fucking start shouting and bawling and trying to kill other people because, again, it's a contact sport. These things happen. If, if you don't want to do a contact sport, go take up a different sport. Like, yeah. That's how I see it. I mean, unless you're – if it's malicious, if you're intent on going in and hurting somebody, then – that's, that's how it is. And exactly like, like we don't, like we have shin pads on. That's
0: about it. Hendo's saying they don't wear big pads. Pads make the hits worse, Hendo. I watch rugby. I watch rugby all the time. I like rugby better than football.
1: Yep, and when you see some of the rugby players hit the other rugby players, and their face explodes. It's, because it's they different. Because the still hit is hard. Nah, rugby the- players go and still get there. Oh, he's been knocked out because he's been hitting the heat with a helmet.
0: Dude, wow. it's scientifically proven that American football players hit with the force of an impact of a 35 mile an hour car crash, okay? Don't start with me, okay? NFL players hit way harder than rugby players hit. The, the reason and rugby. That's the, fair enough. The that's reason rugby, enough, r- but r- rugby r-
1: players hit other players at a 30 mile an hour speeding car. Uh-uh. the difference is you've got a
0: cushion. No, actually the pads this are act as a force matter. multiplier. It shows that the pads actually work as a force multiplier. Which is why so they, so they tri- do
1: not actually hit harder, they just
0: No the, the no, stuff they no, don't No in
1: actual fact no, make it look and cause mere damage. No, no, no. In actual it. fact, it's not that it's mere brutal, it's just stupid. Right. <laughs> I am glad we've I'm glad we've got that one work for American football Fuck is you. Just stupid. Fuck you.
0: You're twisting my words. <laughs> I'm I'm twisting the science. <laughs> <laughs> You're bending the science to fit your narrative. And I don't appreciate it, sir. But yeah, look good. Uh um I got my worries. I'm gonna root for Scotland, but I don't think they're gonna make it very far if they can't finish. But You, you know. never make it that far, where you can't finish. They usually get upset <laughs> and don't phone you back. Yeah, you don't get a second audition. <laughs> So, let's move on to tonight's main topic. You were kind of heated this week, bro. Well, so, I was fucking raging when this <laughs> one came out. Like, so, to the point where as soon as I read the story, I messaged
1: you thought, this is what
0: we're fucking talking about. You were on a heater for a couple days there. So, for, what we're talking about tonight is Naomi Osaka and the French Open. Um, for those of you that don't pay attention, the French Open is a major uh, played on clay court tennis and naomi osaka is one of the young bright stars of female tennis she's raising the level of the game she's a really good ambassador she plays really well she came out and said i want to play in the french open but i don't want to do media because i'm dealing with a lot of shit you know, i'm having some anxiety and i'm having some uh i don't like the media questions i, I can't I can't respond well, blah, 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 blah. She gave this whole spiel about how she she still wants to play in the French Open, but she can't do media because she can't handle it right now. And the French Open media was like, fuck you. You're doing media. And she was like, wait, I, I want to play in the game. I want to I wanna be an ambassador to the game. I just can't talk to the media. And the French Open was like, nah, you're talking to the media or you're not playing. Well, then a couple days later, Naomi Osaka was like, I don't want to be a distraction from the event. I don't want to take away from the other players that are going to showcase. I'll step away from the event.
1: And the franchise before you continue on. You've okay. missed a major major
0: part. You okay. know Well, the fine, right? Yeah, yeah. The fine was the first part. Okay, yeah, like, I thought the fine came in secondary. No, no, no.
1: The the fine came after she'd put out her, her statement on Twitter saying she was the one to date because when she does the press conferences, it's the exact same questions over and over again. Right. And it diminishes the point of the sport is that a lot of media, not all journalists, but a lot of journalists ask personal and intimate questions that make athletes question and doubt their own Right. Going into a tournament is the last thing That athletes want to be done So she said she wanted to stay out there The <sighs> French Open then fined her $15,000 <laughs> And told her that she had to do it Otherwise further action Would be taken So she accepted the fine And then a day later Relined to her and said she wouldn't be at the tournament And the media And this is what kicked me Is the media then went into this witch hunt To scrutinise Naomi for her handling of the situation. And it was a news news thing that I'd seen from The Guardian Uh where a journalist wrote a a piece saying, at the end of the day, the media are having this thing, scrutinising her and what it says about her, when in actual fact the media have to look at it and go, what does that say about the media? That a young athlete would rather lose and give up her space on a majors tournament of the sports she loves then talk to these people. Uh-huh. And that's that's the bit that finally is the fact that these media people act as if they're the be-all end-all. These media people act as if, <clears throat> if they're they're, the show. They, they make or break yeah. an athlete. Well, I'm sorry, but see, the media, you have zero fucking point in this world. The media are the biggest fucking useless, incompetent pieces of shit that has ever stepped foot foot on this fucking planet. The whole point of the press conference was that it was a go between the athlete and the public. It was somewhere that the athlete could get their word out to the public. We've got social media. We do not need the press conferences. The athletes don't have that barrier anymore. The athletes can just put out a tweet and tell their fans what's going on. The media are needlessly useless now. We do not require them in any situation. Everybody says, oh, without the media wouldn't... No, the media don't put out the truth. The media put out the facts that they think is what they want. They put out the stories that they want their ideas to be. The media have not put any fucking truth in the world since fucking JFK. So it's one of the ones when this story came about and it was the way the media tried to act like fucking Billy Big Bollocks are here saying that they make her break athletes Uh, I'm sorry but that is just a big pile of fucking shite I'd love for anybody that's a journalist to be listening or anything like that and just know that if this is the type of person that you are as a journalist you're a scumbag (laughs) There's yeah. no other thing about it. You literally the fact like one of the first episodes we done when I went into this fucking heated rant about it and all that kind of stuff. Anybody that can actively turn their in and say that taking a photo of a celebrity skirt and saying that it's your job, you are scum. You deserve fucking death. That is it. To okay, wait, even wait. try and justify that, you do not deserve existence on this planet.
0: Well, let, let let's I I agree with. 99% of that rant. Let's, let's, let's clarify, though. There are actual journalists, there are media people, and then there are paparazzi. Paparazzi, fucking scum. Most of the media talking heads, scum, too, with a few exceptions. Actual journalists, don't get enough credit for the shit they do because the world is an actual in- journalist speak out against these people. Cause if not, they are just as bad. Yes. As. Real journalists whole speak truth to power. Now there's not a lot of them anymore because they've been bullied and nobody wants to hear about uh the facts and whatnot and don't want to confront ugly truth. But there are a few out there still, but most of the, of the news cycle and, and especially the sports news Cycle is is talking heads and pieces of trash who just want to, like, use an athlete to make their name because they want to break the story. I will give you that. Um, I will say, though, I linked a video to you uh, after you linked that Guardian article. Uh, It was from First Things First. It was a sports talk show uh, where Nick Wright and Brandon Marshall, a former NFL wide receiver, had a discussion about the Naomi. Osaka thing. Did you get a chance to watch it?
1: Uh, no, I actually think I lost it in the, the thing, and then I actually okay. went back. To
0: well, well, what it is is Brandon Marshall is a former NFL wide receiver who who played like eleven years in the league and has done a lot to do mental health for players and athletes and been a mental health advocate. While Nick Wright set up the topic and said, "Hey, this is what it is." I think Naomi Osaka, you know, is right to speak out. And I think she should have exercised some demons on clay. Nick's Nick's point of view was the French Open should have took this as an opportunity to take the right stance on mental health and, and dealing with an athlete who has social anxiety and whatnot. Brandon Marshall expanded on it that Naomi Osaka had every right to say what she said and that the French Open was in the wrong and that Brandon Marshall works with people like Naomi Osaka, athletes, because she isn't is in a position to grow the game. The French Open instead of finding her and treating her like a pariah and, and and a and a bad seed should have held her up as an example and said, We're the French Open, we will we will adjust, we'll we'll make the adjustments, like maybe she doesn't do the press conference till after the tournament. Where she speaks about her play after the tournament, move move her press conference to after the after the tournament play, so that she can not worry about having to answer the same routine questions before the game. But they didn't do that. They went the complete opposite route. So Brandon Marshall yeah. and Nick Nick Wright's perspective was from a from a player perspective and from a pundit's perspective, the French Open missed an opportunity to. Um, Create a narrative that positively highlights the athlete's response to to mental health where they went the opposite. And what they should have done instead of talking about her mental health was looking at her difficulty to play on clay court and use that as a talking point, not the mental health aspect. And Brandon Marshall's point was look at Naomi Osaka's story as a whole and use it as a learning tool to to look at an athlete as a person and not just as like a commodity. And I thought yeah. their back and forth was really good. And that's why I wanted to make that caveat between uh, journalists, media people, and and like paparazzi, because Nick Wright, I don't always agree with as a pundit for sports news. Sometimes I think his hot takes are retarded. And then, but Brandon Marshall, as a former player who can speak on stuff like this has a really great insight to what the mind of an athlete is. So somebody like uh, a Nick Wright or, a, or a, a Brandon Marshall, I, I would look to, like, credible sources for reporting on athletes. Like Shannon Sharp, a former Denver Broncos tight end and Baltimore Raven. Great sports pundit. His co-host, Skip Bayless, I can't stand because all Skip Bayless does is hate. He's like oh they're they're trash da, 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 da. and he he makes his bones off of throwing athletes under the bus. but guys like Brandon Marshall and Shannon Sharp and even Colin Coward to some example are are what I would say good media avenues if you like if you like sports news and which I do yeah. I, I watch a lot of sports news but like everybody who I watched that I find as a credible sort of a source for like media reporting was like the French Open was in the wrong, 100%. And yep. they all stood behind Naomi Osaka. It was only the jackasses like TMZ and a bunch of other people who were like, oh, why does she get special treatment? Fuck you. Yeah. She clearly said why she doesn't want to do it. You should have just said, okay, we get you. We'll make accommodations. Now, to play devil's advocate, um, you could say, well, if they make exceptions for Naomi Osaka, they got to make exceptions for everybody else. Okay. Yeah. How how is that a bad thing? You know.
1: Yeah. No. I can kind of find me that. I think. I think when you listen to like ex-athletes, they they have an insight to be able to understand. Like they have a much more understanding, and I do think in most cases the the pundits that don't actually have a sport ground. The fact that they are there, I think, is more just to kind of offer that debate, like offer that other side of the story. But I think what the problem is is as well is in that you've got these people that are sole job is to try and break down athletes, which is such an unnecessary thing. Like I'm trying to find a tweet. There's a a a, a guy a cunt there here. Like, that's the only way, like, I know right. people in the US hate that word, but at the end of the day, this guy is, like, the, if you look up cunt in the dictionary, there's just a picture of him, <laughs> right? right? He's called Piers Morgan. He is oh, just fuck a huge scumbag. He put out a tweet uh, in regards to it, and I just wanted to try and find it, because he's, like, fucking best pals with Trump, so that says enough about him. Um. But... He seemed to actually like his take on it, and this time, mate, I was just I might just try and find it because it really is. When you listen to him, you think, "My fucking god, you genuinely don't have a fucking clue in anything that goes on in it." And he he gets a fucking kick out of it. Like he loves when everybody's saying that he's a fucking cunt. Um.
0: Well, he's salty because yeah. Meghan
1: Markle blew him off. I know, he's still pissed off at that because he's no got a pal. Like, fuck him. Um, Pierce Morgan is a pile of dog shit. He really is. Oh, definitely fucking Netley. But his kind of take on it, it was something about the fact that he said that. They, 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 he, they, they, he, and they have a like. I hear it's here. What journalist will dare criticise Naomi Osaka ever again? She's got what she wanted. No more criticism, only praise. Meanwhile, all her fellow tennis professionals will continue to fulfil their contractual obligations to the media and get criticism when deserved. Criticism is no, not deserved In any fucking point I know I'll sit and talk shit about Scotland players And all that kind of stuff But at the end of the day I'm just a fucking nobody But see if you have a platform You No one deserves criticism That will belittle and diminish Their mental health Like, uh, uh, That is not If that is the type of journalistic, or journalistic Job that you think is a journalist Then fuck off Just, Just fuck off so I want nothing to do with you because that is not I, like it was to say I, 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 another bit that I want to touch on that is times uh, you would say paper actually only exists because there's a demand market for the material. That's true, but at the same time, these people have a moral obligation to not supply that type of uh, material. People wouldn't require that material if it wasn't out there. The only reason it's out there is because people have zero moral obligation and think that they're justified in what they do. Just because it makes them a scumbag, they try and justify it. That's where the problem is, is these people try and justify their shitty behaviour and try and justify it as job, try and justify it as work-deserving work deserving that's not. It is not fucking justifiable to turn her in and say anything. Like the fact that he turned her in and said that Meghan Markle was making up her mental health. Issues, yeah, right. What the fuck was that? That she was a, He has no fucking clue what she was going through. And the fact that he even thinks he can say anything on it makes him a piece of shit. And the fact that he continues to have a fucking platform makes the people that work with him pieces of shit it's the exact same thing like everybody like people can have a bad take and all that kind of stuff and I know people might know uh, um, accept or agree or anything like that but at the end of the day if you have a bad person right doing shitty things and you do nothing to stop it you are a shitty person yeah. that is it there's no no black and white grain or that if you are not willing to stop the shitty behavior by someone you are in fact a shitty person because it's either you don't care enough therefore accept it or you don't want to upset the shitty person that's how it is so if you see like like the, the, everybody sits and talks about all these toxic gamers that I me and then like The the female gamers that get shit on because there's toxic gamers. So uh, there can be one toxic gamer in that chat and one woman. And nobody stands up for that or to that guy. Why? Why do you not stand up to it? So uh, you're you're just as bad. It's the same way everybody was talking about, like, these bad cops, these bad cops and all that kind of stuff. Aye, there is certain people in law enforcement that are assholes, but if you're not willing to stand up, like, you think, oh, it's it's a brotherhood, it's a brotherhood, so I'm fucking sorry, but see if my own brother started raping and murdering innocent people, I'd not fuck at him, and I'd make sure he gets dragged through the fucking duct for being such a horrible fucking human being. Like, that is not an excuse to turn around and allow <clears throat> shitty behaviour to happen because you have this some weird materialistic bond with cunts. Like, that is what this is. It's a fucking mob is what this media is. This I'm not saying all media again, but this group of media is a mob that think that they can go about putting people down and think it makes their a name for themselves. And the sad thing is, is people are starting to get fucking wise to it. People are starting to go, actually, you're a cuntbag. And that's it. Yeah, it's... Exactly, exactly. That's the type of behavior that he done. And anybody that allows them to have this platform justifies that. That is what it is. That's what it says about anybody that worked with Piers Morgan. They allow him to have this platform, and it's shit. It is disgustingly bad how they can allow that to happen. And any other person that has the similar mindsets,
0: yeah. The, Piers Morgan, is, like it, it speaks. Like you said, it it speaks to people letting him do what he wants because, for a long time, Piers Morgan got ratings. Right, he got people to tune in. Yeah. But there comes a time where you you have a thing called diminishing returns. Is he worth the ratings and the shit that your name is going to get dragged through? Or is it better to cut him loose and start fresh and rebuild your thing? I think a lot of the time, big corporate media hang on to names like Piers Morgan and uh, Rush Limbaugh and Rachel Maddow to touch the left side and Chris Matthews. Because corporate media is still shilling to the older generation. They're not, corporate media is not hanging on to you and me. They're not hanging on to you, me, monsters, and they're not hanging on to those guys. They're hanging on to like my dad and my grandfather, you know, God rest his soul. But corporate media is hanging on to those, that demographic, and that demographic gets ratings. So they're going to tune in a Piers Morgan or Russell Limbaugh or Chris Matthews or uh, what's the other guy on the left? A uh, former ESPN guy, Keith Overman, right? Keith Overman said some wild shit for a left hand pundit. Like, I generally like Keith Overman, but during the, the Trump presidential election, he said some wild, like, speculative shit, like, Oh, this is gonna be the end of the US. I'm like, Keith, dial it back a little bit. Come sensationalize a little less, okay? And I think that's why Piers Morgan still has a job. For all the dirty shit that Piers Morgan has done and said, my dad, and my dad doesn't watch Pierce Morgan, but like I'm using my dad as sort of like yeah. the, my dad, your dad, that generation, they'll watch Pierce Morgan because they know Piers Morgan. They trust a Piers Morgan type, or like a Keith Olbermann or a Rachel Maddow. They trust that because that's their, that's their media. That's their, yeah. their, that's their earpiece to the world that they are interested in. Like earlier in the chat, someone said, "Just do away with press conferences because we don't need them. We don't need them. Other people need them, and that's why they're still there. Because other people, the older generation." who actually buy the tickets and watch the press conferences, still tune in. You and I don't need a press conference because we go to Twitter. We go to Instagram. We go to Raw Story or or another unbiased news source. But the older generation doesn't, which is why the, the old format is still there. And I think media, sports media, because we're talking about um, Naomi Osaka and, like, athletes, I think the format of sports media definitely needs to change and be updated and and to have a new perspective but we also need to accept that mental health is is a thing we've gone so long as a society to stigmatize mental health and as a bad thing and we've stigmatized mental health as a vulnerability and a weakness so that our athletes, our football players, our soccer players, our rugby players, our hockey players, our tennis players who do these immense feats of physical athleticism and endurance and strength, for them to say, oh, I'm depressed, is then pounced upon as a vulnerability and a weakness. And they're like, oh, well, he's breakable. They're, they're, he's weak on his game. We can, we can use that. And I don't think that's the way it should be looked upon anymore. And I think that's what Brandon Marshall was trying to get at. It was the narrative of mental health and sports needs to be redefined from the, oh, you're weak because you're not feeling it, or your head's not in the game, or you don't have that killer instinct today. Instead of viewing that as like an athlete's weakness and vulnerability, we need to accept that athletes are human and have human frailties. Yes, you look at like... uh, Look at Half Thor Bjornson right now. Like if you go to his Instagram, that dude is jacked. Just fucking slimmed down, brutal looking. Like dude, I'm. Hmm. Daddy, call me. Uh, if I was, if I was, oh yeah. Like Half Thor is just fucking ripped, dude. Looks like the mouth... like this chisel from stone. If you, if he got an Instagram and was like, guys, I don't feel like lifting today because I'm depressed. The shit he would get. The shit that he would be in, oh, you're weak. You're such a bitch because you can't lift today. That should not be the narrative that a dude like Halfthor should get. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. what I'm getting at?
1: Yeah, and and make it worse is the people that are getting these people shit. It's like Piers Morgan turning around and t- talking shit to any fucking sport athlete, and you look like, at ah, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. You're a fat cunt. It couldn't run the length of yourself. Who gives you the fucking right to make any athletic criticism on anybody else? Like, I'm sorry, but see, unless you have played the sport or are playing the sport at that level, you have zero right to have any justifiable criticism and cause to make any comment on anybody, because you are a fucking nothing, you are yeah. a nobody in that sport, it's one thing fans sitting, making like a couch fucking player that's sitting there going oh, he, he was so shy, I could have put, like us sitting here, sitting talking and bullshit and saying, all these fucking shots that, that Scotland t- took and all that kind of stuff, let's be honest, we wouldn't have fucking make them, because we hey, wouldn't I have been able to run the fucking length of the pitch to get to that For like 90 minutes, yeah, like no, that's not how it fucking works. But it's the fact that these people are trying to justify them having a fucking right to fucking say anything. You're like, ah, go fuck yourself, you lazy bastard. You sit in a fucking studio day after day sitting there eating your fucking donuts and you think you can turn around and say one of the top fucking athletes that's devoted their entire life, every fucking waking minute into that fucking sport and you think you can say shit about them? Fuck off. That's it. Just fuck right off. Fucking assholes
0: a lot of them. Yeah, that that also speaks to the nature of what like uh you mentioned earlier, um criticism, right? How Piers Morgan and everybody would try to criticize somebody. The tweet that Pierce Morgan, where he talked about Naomi Osaka got what she wants, she's no longer going to be criticized. That's not what she wanted. Yeah, she just only want to talk to a cunt like you.
1: Yeah, that was she, it. she just didn't want. The thing was, is she literally said. In the press conferences, one person will ask you a question, and you'll answer it. And then the next journalist will ask you, ask you the exact same question, but a different way, as if you're expecting a different answer. So within five minutes, you've answered the same question with the same answer seven times, and they get pissy that you're not changing your answer. And you're like, oh, "What the fuck do you want?" And then after it, when they have like they've been beaten and they come in, and and they'll turn around and ask questions like, oh, it didn't really work for you today, or they fucking shit shit. Look, I got pumped like, what gave it away that I played shite, the fact that I didn't win or the fact that I'm now sitting here in front of you as a fucking loser like, what fucking part was it, what was the dead giveaway that I was shite today and that's the problem, is that these journalists don't have any fucking they don't even have two fucking brain cells to rub together to even spark some intelligence, is that this is the type of shit that they do, and they think that that's okay, that's the worst part, is they think that in their fucking thick skull that they're actually right, and they're like, you're not, you're a scum, you're a cunt, that's it.
0: Yeah, it, it really comes down to the nature of the press conference itself in the context, right? Like, if if you go out, if I go out, because I've played sports all through as a kid, right? I played elementary school, junior high, high school. You know, I played in City League. If, a, if I had to do a press conference and I lost that day and someone said, well, it wasn't your day. Can you explain to me why you think it wasn't your day? Like, that's a fair thing because you want to know my mental process of how I felt during the game and what I was feeling, right? I can accept that as a legitimate question. But if you say, oh, it wasn't a bad day, you know, um, it, it obviously wasn't your day. What could you have done differently? Uh, could you not tweeted the night before or whatever? You're not looking for my process. You're now questioning my my dedication to the sport over my dedication to my brand if you ask me what what i was thinking about how my play was i'll give you a breakdown of my play like when i played football like you dead i'm fine he's alive folks he's alive anyway um if if you question my play and you want to know what I how I was feeling or or what I did strategically different, like when I played American football, I played quarterback all the time, and when I would have a bad game, my you know my coaches or whatever would be like, well, where's your head at? What do you think about that or that? I would break down my play. Okay, uh, on this third down when I had to roll to my left and throw it downfield, I shortened my gait. And therefore, my mechanics of my throw were off. I'll give you that stuff. I'll give you what I was thinking and how my play was and whatnot. But if you're going to question why I was tweeting or why I was Instagramming before the game or what my girlfriend ate the night before the big game, that's you're not going to get that. And I think but that's you when they have
1: that question. What do you mean? Because you're a man. They wouldn't they be asking you about Instagram and Twitter and your girlfriend's tits. Like that's not how a male athlete gets asked question. Yeah, that's the question. Getting it, it? ask what you were training, like what you were doing. So uh, what kind of what, why did you have a bad game? Like what went wrong? But this is this is the point. Is mm-hmm. you said that if they were to ask you a certain question, you would answer. It. If they ask you to break down the thing, five minutes after a big defeat, is the last fucking thing you want to be doing is talking yeah. to a random guy. You said talking to your coach. that's that's fair enough. It's an intimate conversation to have with your coach. It's a breakdown of what went wrong. Where can you learn? But that's not what the media does. The media will turn around and say to you, so what went wrong? And you would say, Oh, at this point in the time, and then it would be a straightaway sort of like, well, do you think if you keep doing that it's it's gonna you're gonna get better, is it gonna keep getting worse? How much further down the, the tunnel you go? Do you think that you're now gonna lose your spot on the starting eleven no. because you've actually been able to do that? But this is what I'm saying, like that's how right. it would happen. So you're now sitting there going from I had a bad game to you've lost your start. You're a shit player. Why are you here? How much more work are you going to have to now do? All because a random guy that doesn't understand the fucking sport or the mentality of the sport has now asked you questions. And like I was saying, the questions on Instagram and that is not questions that you would be asked. The questions women get asked is what kind of, what they're wearing, are they thinking about settling down, who are they dating now? Can you stand up and you, like, there's a legitimate, there's a a press conference for tennis players where a journalist asks a female tennis athlete to stand up and give them a twirl
0: to see what he's
1: wearing. What the is that about? Fucking disgusting of a human being do you have to be to think that's an appropriate question to ask an athlete? You wouldn't ask a guy. You turn around and ask Liam Floyd Mayweather to do that. You get put in your fucking ass. But these people think that they can ask these women it because what's the woman going to do? It's just a dainty little woman. And one of these days, one of them's going to turn around and knock the living fucking shit out of you. Look at Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods shagged another woman. Yeah, Shagged a lot of them, other women, a lot of them, right? Drunk drive and everything, right? Where's he the new? Fucking still the top of the fucking world, making these millions on endorsements and all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. the media painted him as a fucking legend, man. He yeah. managed to go and shag everything around and he still makes his millions. What's the shit that's happening to Serena Williams? Because she didn't want to talk to somebody. Yeah, because she didn't want to date somebody, and she's getting fucking dragged through the mud. Yeah, because she's is a the man hater. problem. Yeah, she's but a man-hater. That's the thing. It's no, it's because she's a woman. That's yeah. it. That's well, that's one excuse they've got. But they're painting it as she, she doesn't like men. Up. Yeah, she don't like men. Pick it's, that it's up. Absolutely sickening but that's the thing is that if it's a guy that does right like everybody keeps on trying to So, oh the media have the time the to make or break you no they only make men and break women if a right. woman starts doing anything fucking good they have to be there to make sure she knows she's a piece of shit and she's never going to make it anywhere and see if they then continue to be better the media get mer and mer fucking hounding and go, hold on a fucking minute we have to fucking end this shit and they've done it to Naomi Osaka at 19 because the five fucking major tournaments of tennis have all got together and released a statement saying that at the end of the day the media press conferences are a contractual obligation so um, all five major tournaments basically went mental health. Women go fuck yourself. The media are the best. That's what's happened, and I hope the big fucking see like your Rolex and your Adidas and your Nike. I hope they all turn around and go, "Well, do you know what? Get your money for the media if they are so fucking good, because we pay were athletes."
0: Yeah, I, when when that came out that they said it was a contractual obligation. I get that your press conference is a contractual obligation. The format and what you do for a press conference should be a mutable thing. Because if I'm, if I'm focused on, on a tournament, and I, I know I'm, especially in Naomi Osaka's case, she has trouble on clay. She's not a good clay court player. So clearly, going into the tournament, that's where her mind is—is is trying to put aside those doubts of being unclaimed. Do the press conference after the fucking tournament. Yeah, it's Even not, it's not it.
1: hard. The other thing that comes with, like you'd said, that the press conferences are still there because and the older generations' right. still thing was that they still don't need to have press conferences because what can happen? They see the journalists; they can sit there and go on Twitter. And then they can mark up and put it on the news story. This is what this person said. This right. is what this person said. It's they they hounding people. And even at that, like like you were saying, it's just such a fucking pointless thing. And we talked about how, like, the the major had, a, or the French Open had a big opportunity that they failed to fucking take. But the other thing that you have to go is, like, I know I'm just a fucking... My shithousery is fucking beyond Because I'm fucking Scottish That's just how it is See if I was Naomi Osaka in that moment And they turned around and said You have to go to these fucking press conferences Do you know what I would have done in that situation? I would have turned up And see every question the press asked me I would have said no comment And I would have sat there on my phone Just scrolling through <laughs> Twitter Or any fucking thing And just let them ask their questions And go No comment, no comment, no comment. Because see, at the end of the day, the contractual obligation is for you to turn up to a press conference. No point did it say that you have to answer any questions. I would have sat there and just went, no comment, no comment, and then done it the entire tournament. Because see, at that point, you might have just sparked that extra wee bit of uh, the other athletes going, do you know what? I'm going to fucking do that too. And you'll quickly see the French Open change their
0: fucking attitude. You know, to, to I apologize. People are moving stuff around the house, so um, but to put us to put a different spin on this, you mentioned that female athletes get shit on a lot, and they get they get asked questions that men don't get. You know where I've noticed that that doesn't happen. MMA.
1: Oh, fuck, no, because we they know they'll get their <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but that's what I literally made that point. They ask these athletes these questions because they know they're not going to do anything. MMA, they know they'll not fuck at them. That's why they don't do it there. And right. the other reason is because these journalists that go to the MMA and all that kind of stuff have some base level fucking respect for human beings. It's not what? just women in this situation, they have a base level respect for human beings doing a
0: fucking sport. I think I think that too, and I'm not trying to be an MMA homer because I love MMA. I think the big thing, the bi- the reason you see the big difference in MMA is one talk shit to fucking Amanda Nunes. Go ahead. Ask Amanda Nunes about her girlfriend having her PMS day. Go ahead. Go ahead! Or or ask Amanda Nunes why she didn't perform as good as Cody Garbrandt. I fucking dare you! Amanda Nunes would jump over that table, tear your fucking head off, and use it as a puppet and send it to your mama. Like, uh, it's I think, like you said, it's I don't think it's that they recognize MMA athletes as humans. I think they recognize MMA athletes as somebody who would fucking knock their head in. But yeah. if you, and you mentioned it earlier, Naomi Osaka is a 19-year-old Person of color, she's tiny. She's she's good looking. So dudes in suit coats with fucking press credentials will be like, "Well, who are you dating?" And cause they don't they don't look at her as somebody who would rip their fucking head off or embarrass them on a court, right? They shouldn't have to. Right, that's that's
1: the point is that they shouldn't have to, like, it shouldn't be because she's a girl or she's young or she's a person of colour or anything like that. At the end of the day, she is an athlete, she is a tennis star. That is it. Like, I've had this trouble for a good fucking portion of my life. Before I was uh, coaching women's football, and it was the exact same fucking shit day in, day out constantly fucking demeaning conversations with people that don't think. the amount of times i go ask the questions so do you stay in the changing rooms when they're getting showered fuck you you disgusting retrograde like nah, how fucking, fucking dare you even ask that sort of question and that's coming from a fucking higher up of the club that i was in i'm not going to name the club because it was dealt with with the fucking police but right that's the fucking level that you were coming for with these old fucking diesels. And after that, I went into uh, superbike racing. And it was a female racer that I was working with there. And the amount of fucking questions that she would get asked on the exact same fucking level. And what we were fighting for is at the end of the day, she was not a female rider. She was a rider. She rode right. a fucking bike. That was what she done. It doesn't matter if she's got fucking tits or she doesn't have a fucking cock and balls. At the end of the day, she would go out there on that bike and she would not fuck out every other guy on that fucking track because she fucking worked hard to be there. And it was this fucking horrible fucking situation you'd always find yourself in with these journalists or other fucking even other riders that had this fucking grotesque hatred towards women that could be fucking better than them. And feel that's the fucking systemic problem that there is, is that people have this weird infatuation that if a woman is any fucking better than them, it makes them less of something. And you're like, no, what makes you less of something is having those thoughts? That's what makes you less of a fucking human, is the fact that you have those thoughts in the first place. Being beat by a woman does not make you less of a man, but being upset because a woman beat you does
0: that's how it goes. Yeah, that's. I I totally agree with that. It, I think we're I think we're we're look, we're looking at a a problem that's on a on a massive scale. You're looking at generational sexism, right? You're looking at the basically what it boils down to is men are always told that they're superior to women because they're men, right? Whether it's sport, whether it's uh physicality, whatever it is. Take take my relationship with Bernadette. Bernadette fixes everything. I don't fix shit. I don't change the oil in our cars. I don't do the tires. I don't do the brakes. My ass is in the kitchen cooking, washing dishes. So when I tell people that like Bernadette is the mechanically inclined one, and I do like domestic shit, do you know some of the looks that we've gotten? I'm like she can't cook worth a shit compared to me, so of course I'm gonna cook. I can't fucking do a break job quicker than she can, cause I got one fucking hand. She's got two good hands, and she loves tools. I don't fucking like tools. I like knives and fucking mandolins and grills and fucking shit. So even
1: molecules and pedicures. Fuck you. She pedicules. likes the
0: mani pedis. I don't. <laughs> but my point is, is even even in a even in a relationship thing. The, we've always had this narrative that men are superior to women because they're men shut up there um, you're losing my train of thought we've always had this mentality of men are superior to women because we're men right we hunt we gather we are we're, we're the physical ones where the we women didn't gather What? Women gather. Right. We hunt. Right. We hunt. They gather. We, you know, we kill. They, they cook. Right. And I think that mentality has, has led to a sense of entitlement when it comes to media. Because what, what's the, what's the media? What, what's the percentage of uh, pundits? 80, 90% male reporters for football and, and, Tennis and shit, right? 10% of those reporters are female reporters. Like, look at that. Look at the NFL now. You've got great female reporters like Susie Culver, Aaron Andrews, um, who's the chick on first take. Ugh, I can't remember her name. But there are credible, intelligent women who are informed on the sport of NFL football who don't get the screen time that guys like Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman get. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind Max Kellerman or Stephen A. Smith, but sometimes those dudes say some wow shit where, like, when a woman comes on, she'll drop more facts than those two talking head idiots do, and they talk right over her. Yeah. It's because of this, this sense of entitlement that men have in all things. Like, in my household, I have one daughter, I have a child who's biologically feminine, right? Mm-hmm. The way that we've raised them is it don't matter if you got the plumbing you got. It's your mentality. It's your personality. It's your work ethic, right? Hmm. It doesn't matter if you're different than your brothers. You can make your brothers look bad because you outwork them. Don't let anybody put you in a box just because you got tits and a fucking vagina, right? Don't let them treat you different because your brothers got balls and dicks. And you got tits work just as hard as they do and show them up. And nine times out of 10, they fucking do like in school. They outperform the boys chores. They outperform the boys. A lot of times it's because they hustle and grind. And when we go out, when we go out, a lot of times the, you know, Merck and Sammy, they get recognized for how they handle themselves. Like when I get, when, when they do stuff for me out, they handle it, they get it down, they get compliments, and I'm like, why would you compliment them? They're just doing what I asked them to. And they're like, oh, but they're they're cute girls. That doesn't matter. They did what I like if my boys were there, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're a cute boy. You know what I you understand what I'm saying? Even in like yeah. just general errands, they get the 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 females get treated differently because it's that it's that thing that we've all we've fought so hard against is that 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 sexism that that mis- not misogyny but misogyny is there too just the bias that men have towards men against women and i think like when you look at sport sports media is dominated by men even if the men are idiots and don't yeah. have a grasp of the sport that they're talking about better than their female counterparts and i think what needs to happen is um, their female counterparts need to look at them and go, look at MMA, for instance. You guys don't question Amanda Nunes and Rose Dama Yunus any different than you question McGregor or Garbrandt or GSP. Why is that? Why, why are they not questioned like Naomi Osaka is questioned? And I think once that conversation happens and a lot more females kick the door in and tell these men sit down you don't know what you're talking about I think you'll see more you'll see more change and the the big thing me the big thing for me is your athlete is still a person you're not the one busting your ass on the court the field the pitch or the octagon day in and day out they are you're sitting in a suit in a studio Watching tape, critiquing it on a, on the fact that you have an opinion. Yeah. Never confuse your opinion with experience and knowledge of the game. I can sit down and break down a fight, and we will. We'll do streams where we break down fights like we did a couple nights. We'll look at sports, and we'll break it down. I've done those sports. I've been yeah. on that field. I haven't done it professionally, but I've done it to the point where I – you know, could have made a transition to something better. Yeah. So my critique isn't coming from the fact that I have an opinion. My critique comes from I've done that. I can break it down. When I watch film, like when we broke down the Super Bowl, my critique came from I played quarterback on multiple levels, so I could critique Patrick Mahomes' mistakes and Tom Brady's successes over some jackass in a bar who's like, "Well, I fix a truck and drink beer." There's a complete, total different level of understanding and and commentary that needs to be understood. And that when you question a female athlete, you question them no different than you would question a male who the fuck they date. Is not your shit? You question their game. You question what they were thinking on the field. You question their mechanics, breakdowns, whatever you see as a valid critique of their game, the rest of their life ain't shit. It doesn't matter what her boyfriend said or if she's on her period or if she had a bad hair day. That's not relevant to her game. That's, yeah. the, that's where you need to stay. And when you veer out of that, these female athletes need to stand up and go, hey, get out. Female athletes need to be empowered to look at somebody in the press corps and be like, get the fuck out. Because I'll tell you right <laughs> now, like I said, if Amanda Nunez has got... Well, you're a lesbian. What makes you, you know, what makes you think you can compete with men? Amanda Nunes would come across that table and knee that dude so hard his grandchildren would feel it. That's what female athletes need to do. They need to get their agency. They need to be given the ability to look at some dude and go, "Get the fuck out." And if if the go ahead, even in talking that, like the the female athlete shouldn't even be in that
1: situation, though. Like, I feel as if it it shouldn't even be a thing that a female athlete should feel the need to have that look and that fucking thing about them. Like, they should have that thing where they can go into a press conference or a media and all that kind of stuff and just be treated the same. They shouldn't have to change their outlook or their, their appearance or how they handle situations. And the other thing that brings onto that is see other men in that fucking room they're the ones that should also be stoning up and going, you get to fuck out of this building. We don't want you fucking here. That's that's part of the problem is that people don't stone up to the toxicity. So I like we we I ha- I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter when after we had played Paladins and it was like the five years playing paladins and somebody messaged me on Twitter and said it was really nice watching gameplay where people weren't shitting on everybody because we were sitting there saying we were doing great, well fucking done, that was great, and then when we got beat, we were saying how amazing the other team tactically worked, they were, how awesome this team were, right? That's where the difference isn't it? is, isn't its We were sitting there just, everybody's just playing a fucking game, it was a great time, and the fact that people are turning around and if we were in that situation, right, if the five years were sitting there and you started being toxic to somebody, I would happily tell you to fuck off, but I didn't want to play with you. I was going to play, I would bring somebody else in and play. Because I don't want that kind of stuff running about me. I don't want the toxicity. If you start making racist, sexist, derogatory comments towards anybody, I don't want to be fucking dinged with you. And I, I wouldn't be involved with you. That's, that's the difference. So, like, as much as there has to be change within media and other platforms, because it's not just the media... That women are just treated the exact fucking same. There's a base level of fucking respect that people should be treated, but everybody else has a, a due diligence to be able to kind of like acknowledge that somebody's been a cunt. Like make sure that they know they've been a cunt. I'm not saying going up and trying to start a fight with somebody. I'm not saying put yourself in a situation where you might get seriously injured. All I'm saying is if there's somebody there that's doing something or saying something that is just downright wrong. But mention, just say, excuse me, like, no, no fucking here, get to fuck. Like, the, like, it's went on too long where these people are getting away with shit. Like, you, they don't have to go and fight them, you don't have to find it. but make sure that whoever's around you knows that, that they're not alone. Like, that's it. If you see a woman and she's getting fucking hounded for something like that, just turn that around and be like, oh, excuse me, take a flying fuck to yourself no one here that isn't happening and that's where the media rooms have to be because I can fucking guarantee you see if you're sitting in an MMA uh, press conference and somebody was to turn around to Amanda Nunes and start making really really fucking shitty comments towards her up there she wouldn't have to climb of that table because the 17 other MMA fighters <laughs> yeah. that are sitting in that fucking room would make sure that that guy doesn't see the light of fucking day again They'll make sure that he knows that that is not allowed here. And that's the difference. That's the type of fucking connection that MMA fighters have. That's the same kind of... You go to boxing, see Mm -hmm. a male boxer and a female boxer, they know the respect that's fucking there between them because they know exactly what the other one's gone through. This whole sexist thing that people think is rife and everything, in most cases it's no because... The male counterparts know the fucking work and effort that has to go in to fucking get to that level. It's the people out with the sport that mm. think they have an opinion. And they don't. They're just fucking stupid. They don't know. It's the same way... Like One of the worst things is in Scottish football. You'll be watching a game of football and it'll be like Rangers against Celtic or, or a big fucking team mm. and see the pundits they put on. You're like... He's sitting there talking about how this top fucking athlete's football star should have done this to be better. And you're like, mate, your biggest accomplishment was playing second division Scottish football. What fucking right do you have <laughs> saying Cristiano Ronaldo should have done better? You <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right. even fucking licked his boot. That's how fucking different your opinion is. That's like me turning around and going, "I hey, Cristiano Ronaldo, I think he has to step up his game on his leg workouts because it's looking a wee bit dodgy there." Who the fuck am I to give that opinion? And that's where the problem is: is these fucking media outlets have these fucking stupid, pointless appointments as to who they think is good enough to be a pundit. And yeah. you Look at right. What's your background, the pundit? Oh, I just talk awesome, you're in. Like, that's that's literally the only thing that you need to be able to do is talk shite. Yeah, you that's gotta, well, how I'll you take. pass the bar. And media is, can you talk shit? Can you talk shit about things that we tell you to talk about? Awesome. We can give you a million a year just to fucking do that, even
0: though you have fuck all reason well, to be here. to be fair, you gotta be entertaining when you talk shit to get that million a year. Like, I've seen plenty of pundits that don't got the presence on camera and can't can't hold an argument to save their ass. Like, look at me and you, you and I, right now, when we talk, there's a charisma, there's, there's a, uh, we had a new follower in chat, Pat danger hit to call him out. He's like, bro, I don't even do sports, but because you guys are, we have that chemistry. We have that, that, that knowledge and that stuff. He's like, I'm in, in order to be a pundit, you have to have something. You have to have some base knowledge, but, you, but you have to also be able to look good on camera and speak clearly. Like that's your, you don't have to be Tom Brady in order to, to, to critique somebody. I agree. You need to have more qualifications than I can speak good. And I have a presence on camera. Right. I totally agree well, with that but, point. <laughs> look, see if you look up the fucking Scottish
1: pundits, they have fucking none of that. He is the <laughs> most boring fucking bastard there is. And I'm sorry, but he ain't no fucking Brad Pitt either. Like that's where the thing is and another point is I honestly do not think our conversation will make it to ESPN I <laughs> really don't think they could put us on live <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> the amount of times I drop the fucking C-bomb, I really doubt the fucking ESPN are gonna be on those two are
0: your guys for the next NFL season that's the problem, that's the problem their ratings are taken because we're not on the show that's it Look at it this way. ESPN knows we're there, and they're like, we can't bring those guys on. They'll kick us out. Imagine me and you in a suit talking about the fucking Euros, right? I don't know jack all about soccer outside of the, the little bit of experience I played, but I'll make that conversation fucking entertaining. But you'd be part of
1: the problem is that you don't have the possibility <laughs> of experience in the sport to then criticize people doing that level. Like, that's, that's the problem is that we're literally, like, we would just be hypocrites because I've not been to that level. So who <laughs> the fuck am I being able to talk and say that these guys are shit?
0: <laughs> but that, and that's that's an outrageous example of exactly the problem, right? It's It's idiots who don't have the experience critiquing. Yeah. Now let let me let me clarify this. There's a difference between there's a difference between what you want to call barstool talk or barstool critique and then there's actual constructive criticism, right? And I think a lot of times pundits confuse barstool critique with actual criticism. Like you and me, we could sit in a pub and drink beer and talk about soccer or football all we want and be like, "Well, Dykes is the setup man, and Adams couldn't finish it. That's bar stool critique. that's that doesn't hold sway outside of the little circle that we're in. Like we could talk to the people in the bar and they'll be like, "Oh, but." But when you're on a national stage and you're saying that Naomi Osaka should do media, When you don't know Jack all about what she's going through is a whole nother level and there's a whole nother responsibility and ethics involved. And that's where another miss is, is the responsibility and ethics of sports journalism has basically went get the clicks, throw the ethics out the window because you're not going to ask Naomi Osaka, who her boyfriend is, if you're an ethical person who wants to know about Naomi Osaka, the athlete right? If you're looking for the click and what they call the sauce, you're going to ask her about her boyfriend all day long. But that doesn't mean you're an ethical journalist or an ethical pundit. And I think we've lost journalistic integrity and journalistic ethics along the way when we have sensationalized sports media, I think is another problem. Do you agree or no? Oh yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think I think a lot of what we talk about, especially when we, because we've talked about media coverage a couple times, it comes Sorry. back to the, no, <laughs> I, I think it's a great topic. I think it's a great topic because of the fact that not, a lot of times the media goes unchecked. Like, who's calling out the media, right? Brandon Marshall, a former player. A couple other athletes on Twitter are calling them out. But by and large, the French Open skated. Nobody was like, oh, the French Open was, uh, was bad. Like, the French Open yeah. didn't, they didn't print a retraction saying, we're sorry, we fucked up. The other majors were like, they, the other majors put out a statement and said, yeah, press conferences are contractually obligated. You All athletes must participate. Yeah. Nobody held the French Open's feet to the fire except for a couple people when more people should have because the integrity of journalism, sports journalism, Went out the window when it came about views and clicks. Just like, look at, look at the situation that we're in in, in streaming stuff, right? The, there's so much drama around cam girl streamers and hot tub streamers about stealing views and whatever. That Twitch is like, come on, and said, well, they're not violating TOS technically, blah, 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 blah. Well they're not. Actually, that's conversation. Right, but that's, I'm using u- i so much. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm just- using I'm using it as an example though, right? <laughs> By and large, cam girl streamers and hot tub streamers aren't taking my views. I don't give a shit. Go get your hustle, girl. As long as you're not breaking TOS, do you you do you, boo. I don't care. But you look on streamer Twitter and that's all streamer Twitter is up in arms about. Yeah, But there are real problems on the platform of Twitch. Discoverability. People who are shitty human beings not getting called out for their shitty behavior. The focus is on the hot tub girls and the cam girl streamers. So even within our little sphere of, of our platform, the ethics and the integrity of people holding people accountable isn't what it should be. So if if a small... If a if, if a if a subset niche thing of, of streamers can't get their shit together enough, yeah. to, <laughs> the the who's, who's gonna hold, who's gonna hold the fucking five majors accountable, right? Yeah, and no, that
1: is like yeah, true. Like like if 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 we can't solve the smallest of problems, how the fuck
0: are we expected to solve? You the start. Problems? You start yeah. by solving the small ones, right? Yeah. And, and if I was Naomi Saga and a couple other female tennis players, I would look at the French Open and be like, I would look at the top female players and be like, we're not playing in your majors. I make enough money off my endorsements and I got enough money in the bank where I could sit here. I'm not playing. Until you rework your, your press conferences and you start taking this as a serious issue, we're not playing. Yeah, see what your draw. No, like, see what your draw is like when your top ten female tennis players and female tennis gets higher ratings than male tennis does by and large by by far, right? So if the top ten female players sit out, I bet your ass the French Open and the other majors are going to be like, mm, we might want to rethink this. But it would it would be incumbent. It, one, it shouldn't be un- incumbent on the female athletes to do that, right? But two, you're also asking a lot of a lot of athletes who make money off endorsements by playing to lose income for a year. Yeah, and a lot of times they're not willing to do it. It's it's the reason why MMA doesn't have a a, a fighters union, right? Baseball's got a players union, hockey's got a player union. Soccer or slash football has a players' union, but MMA doesn't have a have a fighters' union because the top draws of that sport aren't willing to sit out and say, "Well, we're not fighting."
1: Yeah, and even at that, is with the likes of like that, it's the fighters' card. Like you get paid for your bit on the card. So if you want to be better and get paid more, then get better and be paid more. Like, that's how it is. But, again, that's another... as That's a whole different argument and that kind of thing. Um, that you shouldn't have to ask other athletes to sit out so that others can get mere. But I do think there has to be some form of stand. Because it was the same way... Like, you look at the, 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 wide, the, the media boycott that mm-hmm. football had, over here especially. Like, I even took part in it yeah. um, where didn't we didn't post anything on. But that was more for social media and right. the social media blackout because we were fighting for these social media platforms to use the technology that, that is available. Mm-hmm. They have the the technology to do it and take more of a stand against racism, transphobic, <clears throat> right. uh, homophobic comments and all that kind of stuff. And... Like as much as you can say that it worked the day like it's just a hotel and and in due time, but like these are the type of things that have to happen is that like you said people have to work together in order to make a change, and the problem is is trying to get people on board to make the change that's that's the that's the main battle mm-hmm. like we can sit here and we can moan about media, we can moan about it so we can moan about fucking everything now I know fine well I've moaned about a shit ton of shit on this (laughs) fucking podcast that sometimes means fuck all to anybody else but at the same time it means something to me right? and that's why I want to use whatever fucking platform I've got to make that difference to me I'll fucking scream to the top of my fucking lungs if I'm passionate about it because at the end of the day if me being passionate about other people's basic human rights, then I'll fucking fight tooth and nail until I fucking get a victory, and that's how it is. You maybe only have five people to talk to. You maybe have fifty thousand people. Why is my telly just starting? <laughs> <fighting>? <laughs>
0: I do apologize. My telly just came on. Bro, I've had people moving (laughs) shit and dropping boxes. It's fine. It's life. It happens. It it randomly just started playing an old fun game. (laughs) It wanted to to join the conversation. It was like, fuck that. You talking about TV? Let's go. I know. Fuck you, TV.
1: But yeah, like, there's so much fucking change that has to be done. And the only way, like, the only way the change can happen is if everybody starts being accountable for themselves. Right. Like, it's I know it's, it's a hard thing to, to do. It, right? I can understand that it is a difficult thing to do. But if you start making the change in yourself that you want to see in the world, you'll start instilling that in people around you. See if you turn around and say, like, like you watch these programs, right? Like, like you see that, like that, uh, my six hundred pound life and all yeah. these kind of programs, and they'll turn around. Like it was one the other day, I was watching, and she turned around and said, "Oh, um, I wish I could tell my mum that the things that she says to me and how she handles things makes me depressed and makes me want to eat." And then the husbands like that. Well, you need to tell her. No, no, no. I don't want to upset my mum. No, you say to your parents. Blood means fucking nothing in this world because I have witnessed fucking blood relatives fucking destroy people because of their fucking belief system. Blood means fuck all. So see if you have a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, what fucking ever, and they're a shitty person, cut them out your life. It's totally fine. As much as people want to say, "Oh, you can't as a family, that, fuck family if they're a cunt." Like, see if they are a shitty fucking person, <clears throat> fuck them out your life. You do not, you do not owe anyone your time. You do not know owe anyone any fucking satisfaction for being in your fucking uh, life. If you are worse off mentally and physically with someone in your life, you have the full fucking support to cut them from your life you do not fucking need them surround yourself with people that will support you love for you care for you and help you as much as you fucking need and as much as they can help you So, do not let anyone toxic be in your life be it blood or not blood because Life is far too fucking short and stressful and shitty for you to have to deal with things that you have nothing because you have that control. And if you need, like, I'll fuck it if you, if, I, I would happily give me their fucking phone number and I'll phone them and tell them that they're a cunt and that you're never going to see them again. I'll be that person. I'll be the fucking go-between. That's how I'll support you. But that's the thing is that there's not enough people that are willing to create the life they need. Like, your mental health dictates every fucking output of your life. Your mental health is the most important thing. It's even with me, if if I'm a toxic person in somebody's life, I fully accept if somebody does they want me to be in their life. That's fine. That's their call. I'll no hang on it. But it's one of the ones you have the ability to create the life that you want because if you can create a happy mental health in your life life will be fucking kind to you, life will help you along, you'll find people that are there to support you in ways that you probably didn't even know you can be, like it might not be, like I'm not saying that you can turn around into somebody and say, oh, I've, I'm 10 grand in debt, can you give me money? I'm not saying that. I'm meaning see the people that at three o'clock in the morning when you're having a shitty fucking time, you can text, call or message and say, I'm having a shitty time and they'll message you back and go, where am I getting you? They're the type of people you want in your life. They're the right. type of people that you want there by your side, behind you. Because no matter what you're fucking going through and no matter what they've gone through, as long as you're there for the other person, that's all it that fucking matters. And that's how I see this fucking battle against the media, against racism, against sexism, against every fucking systemic problem in this fucking <clears throat> world, is if everybody was able to be happy in their own life, and help support those around them, everything could be so much fucking better. And that's that's it. And get rid of this toxicity and this mindless fucking acceptance that what you have in your life, you deserve. No, you fucking take what you want. Yeah. That's how it goes. <clears throat> you got something, you go fucking get it. If you want that job, go get it. If you want that car, go get it. If you want that fucking life, go and get it, because you are in control of it. There's some aspects of life you are not in control, and it's how you handle those situations that will make or break you. Everything fucking happens. Like, it's a shitty fucking world we live in. Shit happens. Death happens. Loss happens. Fucking... You might be down in a ditch, but if you've surrounded yourself with the correct people, you'll get out that fucking ditch, and you'll make it back to where you're supposed to be, and you'll get everything that you want and work for. That's how it has to be, and if more people had that mentality, the likes of this shit with Naomi uh, Osaka, and other athletes, or even other human beings that are put through this shit, it would be a thing of the past. We wouldn't have that.
0: Right. I 100% agree, but the problem that that stems from that is people, one, don't like com- confrontation. Two, they've been raised to, to be in the belief that your family is your family regardless if they're shitty people or not. And three, fear of loss and fear of the uncertainty are legitimate things. The the goal is to build up somebody to the point where somebody who's toxic that that they can see that they're toxic and they can make the choice to get rid of them and see that what's the choice to be rid of that toxic person will improve their life. But in order to do that, they have to get past the guilt, the fear, and and the fact that they're going to have to confront somebody because you could... And, and I know you're not doing this, but nine times out of ten, people will be like, well, just just do it. Just get rid of them. And as we've discussed before is. You can't tell somebody to do something. You have to make it come across as if it's their idea. And a lot of times when you're dealing with toxicity and anything, the minute you say, well, get rid of them, they're they're going to have the opposite reaction. They're going to hold on to that person. Because, well, they don't understand. You'll you'll make excuses for the behavior, right? A a woman who's abused isn't going to leave her abusive boyfriend because her girlfriend said he's abusive. She's going to leave her abusive boyfriend because she looked in the mirror and saw that her face was fucked up for the hundredth time, right? And she finally found somebody or some group that will support her in and give her the structure that she needs to leave. So, I think when we talk about leaving toxicity, you mentioned it. You have to be surrounded by people that are going to build you up and yeah. and kind of shelter you from the fallout. Because I've cut several people out of my life that are toxic. My sister, I don't talk to. Uh, a stepson who I don't deal with anymore. Uh, for a long time, my brother, I didn't deal with. Like, I've cut these people out of my life, and I, and... I am a person where it doesn't affect me, but I also recognize that I'm in the minority when it comes to dealing with toxicity, because I'm a person that if you're not grinding with me, you're not on my team. Then you're gone. You're traded. You're gone. Get the fuck out. Right. But I'm a rarity because you look, you look to another friend of mine who I won't name. I'll just use an example. 10 years In an abusive relationship. Full well knowing that it was abusive. And toxic and dangerous. Hung on. Because they were deluded into the fact that. Oh I can change them. Oh they'll get better. Oh it's my fault. They weren't surrounded by people who. Told them or gave them. The evidence and the facts that. No it's not you. Yeah. So. The fact that. Toxicity in any, any, any form persists is a testament to that – how do I say this without sounding like a horrible pessimist – that people have been browbeaten to, into acceptance of, well, don't be confrontational because then you're toxic. Uh, don't change your scenario, don't change your situation because it could always be worse, right? A lot of people have been browbeaten to believe that and only in cases where you are shown that that, that, that belief that's been so browbeaten into us isn't the reality, then change can happen. And I think that as we recognize more of, of mental health, and we recognize toxicity for what it is in our own lives and hold ourselves accountable then like you said we can then hold other people accountable and help other people see that yeah. behavior needs to change or situations need to change
1: um, just before we move on I just want to answer this question that came in the chat I'm guessing you were just about to read it as well I was um, actually but, yeah but Pat Danger asked if there's any tips on dealing with confrontation Um, I've been in that situation as well Confront- I don't think anybody enjoys confrontation really unless you're an arsehole <laughs> nobody really enjoys confrontation because you don't want that sort of heightened stress that comes with it um, if I've got any tips in it is my first one is stay calm yep. don't allow the emotions of the situation a Anger you, frustrate you, upset you, stay calm in the situation because see as long as you're calm and you can diffuse the situation, if they then start getting aggressive or anything like that, your calm and demeanour, as much as it might seem weird on the outside, your calm and demeanour can have a major impact on how they handle it because as much as you can be confronting someone with with, with toxicity or any other behaviour, if you're remaining calm throughout the entire thing, anything that they do or say will revert more on them and show them as who they really are to others. Because if you've just sat there and you've just explained exactly what you've what the problem is and stuff like that, the other thing you kind of also offer in is don't just immediately try and like cut off and like your side is always right. Always leave that part of open-mindedness. Like, offer situations that can help the situation. Like, offer kind of advice on how you can help what's going on. Like, if it's with a family member and certain aspects of what they're doing or what they're saying is a problem, don't immediately go in and cut them. Go in and explain how, like, like explain the situation, how it makes you feel, and offer up ideas as to how you can solve the problems that are there. And sometimes in that as well, it can help diffuse again the other person in that you're not just saying that they're an asshole. You're saying, look, what you're doing is upsetting me or hurting me or anything like that, but I want you in my life but these are the parameters that will have to be taken in order to keep you in the life. (sighs) But those kind of things can be used in the array of fucking confrontation and stuff like that is just remaining calm, remaining in control and remaining on your feet. Like stay fucking standing.
0: No, we're not running late. We still got about 20, 25 minutes. Um, that's a great point, Chris. I want to add on to that, uh, danger in particular when it comes to confrontation. One of the best things you can do is stay on target. Whatever the, whatever the confrontation is about, um, stay on target. Don't make it personal. Like if you're arguing the fact that they're being toxic in a, uh, in a, in a situation, uh, point to the instances of toxicity be like, okay, when, when you say that it's a toxic situation, I saw this happen and that happen, Right. Um, just stay on target, avoid like the personal jabs. Like Chris said, don't cut them. But also if you're really chill about a situation and you feel you should stand up to somebody, go ahead and stand up to them. Like if you, if you feel bad that you didn't stand up to it, look at that situation, and, and when you see another situation in that vein of where you feel you should stand up, do so. It It's never a bad choice to stand up for something that you believe in or, or you see yeah. and being a, a wrong or whatever. As long as you come at it from a a, a place of knowledge of what you're trying to argue and confront, mm-hmm. keeping it to the target of what you're trying to confront and realizing that what you're trying to do is elicit positive change you're fine if you're going to confront somebody to be an asshole because you don't like something that was said that's different there was a, a rapper by the name of Tom McDonald has a lyric where he said there's a difference between hate speech and speech that you hate and that's a very interesting line because sometimes people will say wild shit that you don't agree with but it's not necessarily damaging shit. But when somebody yeah. says something that's hurtful and truly hateful, then yeah. then standing up for it is is one hundred percent. Do it all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like when Doc
1: says that he really, really loves Budweiser and Coors, Fuck all you. of us also say like, "Well, that's just wrong and stupid. That like that's that's a terrible fucking thing to have there. Then we still love Docs for it, even though his ideologies are a bit fucking weird. But <laughs> Fuck at the end God. of the day, that's not really anything hurtful to anybody. But <laughs> if he was to turn around and say like he hates alcohol, then there's a whole nation here that would be very fucking upset with that.
0: Budweiser, I agree. I agree with Trent. Liking Budweiser is hate speech. <laughs> that being said, I think we've had a great. Uh, main topic. Let's jump to the happy ending. Um, And I... You went first last week, so I think I'm going to go first this week. Yeah. Um, This week, happy ending for me is I want to give some props to a badass um, a badass here. A seven year old boy swims an hour to rescue his dad and his little sister. Now, when I came across this, it hit home for me because I have done, I have saved my sister who I no longer speak to uh, twice in situations like this. We weren't fishing or whatever like uh, the dad was, but um, this little boy was swimming with his four-year-old baby sister in a, in a lake or a river. Uh, dad was fishing on the boat uh baby sister let go or 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 couldn't maintain combat combat contact to the boat and was swept down 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 water dad dives in brother goes after sister dad dives in dad then has to make a literally it says in the article dad has to make a choice i don't know if i can say both of you so um yeah he tells the he tells the 7 year old Go get help. To his credit, seven year old badass swims, doggy paddles, floats up, up river against the current. An hour gets on land, goes to the nearest house, and says, Yo, my dad and sister are down river. We need help. Badass. 100% badass, dude. This kid, he's yeah. seven years old. Imagine trying to do a salmon impression at seven years old. Like at seven, I don't know if I could have swum an hour upstream to Can't save and fucking swim. <laughs> I, dude, I, I was on the swim team. I can swim, but like at seven, I wasn't no dolphin. I, I, I don't know if I could have done seven an hour to save my dad and my sister. Right, and then. Yeah. To be in the dad's shoes of being like, I don't know if I could save both of you. Go get help. Like the gut check moment. The gut check moment that this dad had to have, right? To basically say, well, you can get help. Your sister's fucked. Even though she had a life jacket, right? The story says she has a life jacket. So she's bobbing in and out of the water. At four, flipping shit. Dad then has to make the worst choice that a parent has to make. Pick one. Hope that your seven-year-old is strong enough to do it on his own and survive the current. Well, you go after the four-year-old. Yeah. And then the, the, the fucking stones on this seven-year-old boy is like, Psh, got this. Fucking doggy paddles, swims, floats, an hour upstream, gets help, and then an hour later... Dad and sister are found downstream, dude. That that kid now has the biggest cred all day. Yeah. Like he can just he can walk into school day one and be like, "What'd you do this summer?" Oh, I just saved my dad and my sister. Right? It's yeah. amazing.
1: I, I think the other aspect, the other part, yeah, that because I'm sure I read this the other day. I don't know why I think I feel as if I've already read this story myself, but. The other bit that I thought was just fucking insane was the fact that in that hour, it says that he knew he wasn't going to be able to be flat out and just fucking go to the shore. He needed to pace himself so he would stop to float and doggy paddle, and when he tired, he'd rest and then set off again. So it's the fact that at seven years old, he had the mindset to know exactly that he he wasn't going to be able to fucking just swim constantly for Mm -hmm. that length time he had to pace himself and go and pace himself otherwise he might have no made it and ended up in a worse situation than what it is so like i think it is like the, the like on one side you can't like, there is a great bravery and that yeah but like um zim had said there is that me, like hysterical strength in that where the adrenaline kind of like pumps your body Where you can do like almost superhuman things Mm -hmm. in order in that moment and stuff like that. So, like, I think it's less about the fact that he was able to swim. It was more the fact that he had the mindset. Yeah, I need to make it to save my father and sister. Mm -hmm. So, this is what I need to do. This is what he had a tactical approach and how to do it which, like, the thymus, like, um, just because kids, other kids couldn't do it, just the thymus, guts, uh, he might have had proper thymia training, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a seven-year-old yeah. that showed more tactical awareness than some adults did. Yep. So, again, but again, we, we don't get any fucking positivity if we shitting on somebody else. Like, that's just a crappy compliment to thymia. But... At the end of the day, like it does, not matter if another kid could have done it. It does they matter if he had training? It does not matter any other situation? At the end of the day, this kid done it. Yeah, like this kid, he had one fucking job in that situation, and he fucking nailed it. He done it fucking fantastically, and he does deserve a fucking pat in the back. He does deserve a fucking well done because otherwise, it would have just been another fucking number. Yeah, but um, imagine out
0: uh, in the ocean or the, the river. Imagine the mindset that kid had to be in. He was like, "Look, dad and sister are downriver. Yeah, sister's got a life jacket, so she'll be okay. But like, even if you got a life jacket, anything can happen. You get trapped, sucked under current. Like, right. get you know like a life jacket doesn't guarantee you survival in the water. Right? It's like, it's it's an it's an aid. It's not it's not yeah. it's not an end all be all. And then like. Not only has this kid got to control his panic of his little sister potentially dying, he's got to control his panic that dad might not be able to save her and that he now has dad and sister's life in his hands, right? Then he also has to keep his head enough to be like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't rush this. I gotta, I gotta conserve my energy because if I, if I lose it, nobody's getting saved. Yeah. At seven years old, bro. Dude, at seven oh, years God. old, I was watching cartoons playing He-Man. Like, I wasn't worried about like when I saved my sister, right? We used to go up to the Upper Peninsula and there was a lake up there called Indian Lake, right? Horrible name. Don't get me wrong, bad name, right? <laughs> um We knew there was a safe spot that we could go out to. There was a sandbar, which is, you know, it's a level sand. But if you go out past the sandbar, there's a huge drop, right? I'm like 10 my sister thinks she's hot shit at 8 goes out past the sandbar me being big brother was like alright let's see how this works out sure enough not 10 seconds after she went out over the sandbar wave hits she's under right undertow picks her up and I'm like fuck me at 10 I was like let's go because I had been... My mom was a lifeguard, and she had trained me enough. At seven? I don't know if I could have made that call. You know, at ten? Yeah, well, I could see it. But a seven-year-old... Seven-year-old me? I don't know. So I give mad props to thing, this kid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I give him props. And all that like it, was, it was an amazing fucking thing to do. But I think you also have to remember that unless you're in that situation, you don't know. It's mm-hmm. like when we talk about, oh, if I won the lottery, I would do this, this, and this. Well... I can say that I would buy a house and do this and do this, but let's be honest, if I won the lottery, my parents and my sister and my brother would have a great time spending my will money because <laughs> I would probably have had a heart attack at the fact that I've just won the lottery. So it's like, like people always say, because like I've had situations where like you, you don't know what you would do in that situation until you're in that situation. And I think that is what this is, is you can turn around and say that, oh, at seven, I don't think I would have done this, but there's probably a good chance that at seven, if that situation had been the same thing, you probably would have went in that water. I'd like to think so. Mindset, because that's just how it fucking happens. So it's like, I'd like to think that anybody in that situation would have the same mindset Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even if everybody that went into that situation had that same mindset, everybody that went into that fucking situation deserves the fucking props for doing it. Yeah. Like, and,
0: and the fact that he it did it. It doesn't matter seven. if only
1: one person would dare or if 40 million would dare. The mm-hmm. fact that he done it is still
0: fucking props. So, yeah. Fucking I mean, not often. A kid was able to do something that some adults aren't even able to do. Like, you hit the nail on the head. Like, there there are countless examples of, of people who drowned or, or get knocked overboard that are surrounded by people who don't get saved because the people around them couldn't do what this seven year old kid did through whatever yeah. reason, their own fear, their inability. And and I'm not trying to denigrate those people that didn't do it. It's just it's the facts. This kid mm-hmm. pulled off something that other people weren't couldn't able to do. You know what I mean? And for that oh, alone, yeah. That alone, this kid's got, (laughs) one, he's got all the cred over his sister be like, look, you're going to give me that extra chicken nugget because I saved your life. (laughs) Did did you die? (laughs) Exactly. And then he's going to look at Dad and be like, I can stay up and watch cartoons, right? Because I saved your life. (laughs) He could go the other way kind of thing. Like, uh, I mean if I hadn't
1: saved your life I could have been watching Captain
0: <laughs> he could do that too <laughs> it could totally go that way <laughs> but in the end it's a great story like last week we talked about the dude who dove in and beat the alligator's ass for trying to take yeah. his dog <laughs> like, he was like I will fuck you up you take my dog I'm going to beat your ass and make a belt out of you so it's examples of heroism and, and being in the heat of the moment like right, because you had the you had the what the the dude was like seventy six that dove in and fucked up an alligator right, and now you got a seven year old. I do not quite remember the, the yeah the yeah I don't remember details, but basically an older dude jumped in and whooped ass on an alligator, and a seven year old kid swam upriver an hour to perform a feat of heroism. It it just goes to show that like, yeah, like we said, adrenaline's a bitch. But then you also have to have the tactical awareness not to waste that. And that kid is just, oh, yeah. Like, that kid, I would buy that kid a coat. I'd be like, good on you, bruh. Here you go. <laughs> have yourself a coat. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly.
1: And it, it does break up a good time When I was, when you were talking about that story last week, that is the similar kind of. I'm pretty sure that it was the exact fucking scene that I thought it, but I just thought of this fucking guy launching himself <laughs> out the water, going, not fucking today, bitch. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Deep blue sea, that's exactly what we were talking about it last week. I had that same thought whizzed through my head, like, you ain't my bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's such a great story. Man, props to that kid. Now your story caught my interest. I like. I. I didn't have a chance to really dig into it, so I'm. I'm hoping that you, as always, can really kind of like kind of lead this thing off. Glasgow's about to get a lot greener thanks to an urban forest. Okay. Yes. It's a. It's a bit of a local one, like. But right. at the same time, it doesn't matter if it's
1: local. It's all for the bit greater good. Fuck yeah. Um. But <clears throat> basically, what's happening is the CCF, which is the Clyde. The Clyde Climate Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're looking today is over the next decade, the councils of Glasgow have agreed to plant eighty million. that's with an M, uh, saplings. Right. So it's the equivalent of 10 trees per resident of Glasgow, basically. Mm-hmm. It's going to be getting basically planted. Like, Glasgow itself is already quite a green city. No green as in like environmentally safe or anything like that, but green right. as in we've got loads of parks, we've got loads of greenery, we've got loads of forests and woods and all that kind of stuff. So basically, this is just like an addition to it. Said um, those behind the client of the CCF say that the project would boost tree cover in the city from 17% to 20%. Which, when we're considering the size of Glasgow, that's a major fucking number on yeah. a major city. Let's be honest, especially a city of 1.8 million people.
0: Yeah, that's quite a big. That's like, that's quite a big upgrade like, in coverage.
1: Yeah. Um. It's a. There's an estimated 29,000 <sighs> hectares of broadleaf woodland, which is trees with flat leaves as opposed to conifers, in Greater Glasgow alone. Um, however they have become fragmented due to urban development and all that kind of stuff which is just how that happens in the cities grows but uh, basically what they've looked at is studies have established links between urban tree cover and public health so they are putting forward this project because researchers behind one project found that cases of obesity asthma and diabetes were lower in urban areas that had more tree coverage as opposed to those without. So there's been a lot of fucking science and and research that's been put into this. We all knew trees were good for us anyway. Right. And the alarming rate that trees have been knocked down in the other areas of the world is is shitty already. So it it was such... When I I seen this story, I immediately went, I'm finding this one, because one... I love being able to share fucking great news coming out in my own fucking city and my own <laughs> country because it just goes, yet again, we're such best. a homer. But <laughs> but at the same time, it's another way of kind of going, well, if we have a major city of 1.8 million people, which I know is the fucking New York numbers and it right. is the fucking Chicago numbers or LA numbers and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still no stop. It's like, yeah. still no, like, there's no reason for it, and it's just such a great fucking thing to see where major cities and councils and that look at it and go, we've got a bunch of old spaces, we've got places where buildings used to be and we've built them down, let's put fucking trees there, let's put parks, let's put fucking happiness. Um, it says, the launch of CCF comes as Glasgow prepares to host the COP26 climate summit in November, which is like world leaders come um, Yeah timing measures to cut carbon emissions and that kind of stuff. Which so is a good thing. It's basically another thing that kind of Scotland have went,
0: well, let's
1: fucking go. We'll show these fuckers how it's done.
0: <laughs> well I mean they, they make a they they say something about expanding Glasgow's city region city region's woodlands to create a new interconnected forest would provide many lasting benefits. They're right. Like the yeah. the fact that greenery sucks up CO two emissions and then produces oxygen. Like where's the negative? Like yeah, okay, sell me, sell me why you wouldn't plant a tree. Right? Like, oh, the tree's going to suck up 18 fucking metric tons of CO2 emissions and when you step outside your house, the air's going to smell cleaner. Yeah. Try and sell me how that's a bad thing, right? Because it'll it's... block the sun. So what? Step out from the shade. <laughs> It's too hard. But yeah, we can if there's another tree next to it.
1: We'll just be constantly under cover of trees. So you get rid of skin cancer then, huh? <laughs> I know, but we only get one day sun. We we'll want to be able to fucking see it.
0: It's overrated, <laughs> trust me. you like the tree.
1: But yeah, I mean no, no, I, it's, just, it's, a, it's a good point. And the other part that kind of thing is that yeah, the the new com- community woodland trees and forests will bring multiple benefits to our local communities as well as wildlife. <laughs> The pandemic has brought into focus like never before the value of local spaces as places to exercise, de-stress and engage with nature and the project can help deliver the green recovery. Like we've seen in the the pandemic where it was fucking dolphins in the canals of Venice and deer living in a fucking roundabout in London where the roads weren't getting used. Like it has shown you and like we've seen uh, previous ones where I've said about how the Scottish Highland Tigers getting reintroduced into Scotland and and whatnot, like, this is what we've been thinking about, is it's places for wildlife to kind of grow and and fucking be enriched, and it's the same with local communities, as I said, places for exercise and de-stress, opening up these spaces that are once kind of just empty, derelict areas, and bringing in, which gives people a lot wider area to be able to go and not be around other people, which is what we need on a fucking pandemic, that's what everybody's shouting for. Yeah. So, like, it's just it's nice to see a fucking city taking that kind of And like, I know like unless you're kind of thing we'd into like Scottish politics and the UK politics and stuff like that. The one good thing that came from the recent politics, or the recent uh election that happened in Scotland is the The party that usually uh, that I support that kind of stuff I'm not going to time in. Um, they've actually teamed up with the Green Party, which mm-hmm. is the environmental and all that kind of stuff. So they've literally, even though they, they never gained a majority, so they had to get another party join right. the Indy King to join in to kind of push the mayor. But this Green Party also want independence and stuff like that for Scotland. So basically, what's happened is that the major party has given this Green Party basically a fucking front row seat to, we are going to make this country green. We are right. going to make these changes to make it better and we're going to work together. And this is basically the first fucking flurry in it, is they've just went, right, 18 million trees in the next 10 years. Yeah. Fucking do it. Like, and that's it. This is so simple it was. And like... <laughs> Most countries the time you can sit and argue. But, I mean, how much fucking space does America have? Like, there's that whole thing that they talk about. Go on to Google Earth right. and zoom in in any area of America, and there's a nine out of ten chance you'll come across just open space. Yep. Be it a field, be it fucking desert, be it something. Like, nine times out of ten, you will just uncover fucking nothing. Are yep. like a Fill it with fucking green. Fill it with trees. Fill it with something wildlife
0: oriented, just fill it with something good. Well, to go along with the the, the, the benefits that we talked about, with the, the canals being, the dolphins returning to the canals because we weren't using them, there's been countless studies and evidence that the more wildlife and nature that humanity has around, the yeah, more will kill them. <laughs> facts but the more more balanced humans tend to be so you have a natural you have a natural environmental uh, equilibrium right when humans and nature and wildlife can come to a balance where uh, wildlife are allowed to exist and nature is given uh, a chance to flourish humans do better not just health-wise, but mental health-wise, emotional-wise. Spiritually, we do better. For years and decades and decades, we've been, we've been like, oh, progress, build, 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 build. Build it bigger, build it better, concrete, everything. And we're finding out that the opposite is true. That as we progress and move forward, we need to incorporate more natural spaces. Because those natural spaces act as stabilizers. For humanity, because if all you see is concrete, you, you're going to be like, "Oh my god, it's the concrete jungle. It's the hustle. It's the grind." But if you can j- jog five, ten minutes and you're in a park or a green space, and while you're in that green space, you see a a, a squirrel or a bobcat or a or a, a a rare bird or or a unique form of wildlife. Even fuck, you see a a really badass fish. You're like, wow. Your day, one hundred percent, one eighties, because you've experienced a sort of equalizing, a balancing effect, and there's even enough science to prove that if you walk outside barefoot in a park, in a field, in a in a wooded area, you are replenished. Your energy reserves are replenished. Your emotions are balanced. Your your biochemical reactions are balanced. So, in a situation where we have evidence. To show that green spaces in nature are hugely beneficial to humanity. Why are we not making a concerted effort to make green archaeology and green energy a priority? And I'm not a tree-hugging hippie guy. Like I am for business making money within reason. I am for progress. But let's make sure that progress is for the betterment of not only mankind... But green I meant green architecture, not green archaeology. Thank you. Um, green architecture. Let's make sure that we incorporate green ideals and clean energy and nature into those plans. Because we don't have to exclude those things. We're smart enough to do that. So we should do yeah. that. And if Glasgow can do it, a city of 1.8 million, why can't a city that I'm living in now of 100,000 do that?
1: that's That's the the crazy thing yeah it's mind blowing but it shouldn't be mind blowing though this should be common
0: sense oh yeah
1: but we've 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 already discovered that common sense does not exist in the world (laughs) it used to it never did or at least that's what they tell
0: us
1: (laughs) yeah common sense is a made up fantasy that people think to try and give you hope (laughs) (laughs) to give you fucking
0: hope (laughs) Common sense has right. never been common facts. Yeah. But I mean that's like, that's that's the thing though, isn't it? Like we sit here and we shout <laughs> on a podcast about <laughs> common sense and then handling toxicity to the hope that one day somebody out there will be like, you know what, those two fuckers are right. And I don't know, man. It, like, I like that Glasgow's doing this because if it works for Glasgow, Maybe you can scale the project up to, say, like a New York or an L.A. or, or a Chicago, as you say. Yeah. It's not, all right, let me change in it here. It's not Chicago. It's Chicago, okay? It's Chicago, okay? It's Chicago? No, there's no Chicago. It's not a Chicago. It's a Chicago. It's Chicago? No, it's a, No, there's no she- car in the Chicago. Chicago. It's, no, it's not. Listen to me, damn it. It's Chicago, Okay. <laughs> fucking asshole just like you wouldn't say milwaukee it's milwaukee i don't sit but, there and go it's
1: glasgow so does that mean that it's kansas and arkansas <laughs>
0: no it's it's kansas and arkansas
1: and <laughs> even at that like Chicago, like like that is Chicago like so always it's now Chicago. That's what happens to you when you have a crappy car and it starts moving. That's how you say it. They go Chicago
0: You're <laughs> such an ass, bro. And when it stops, they go Chicago stop <laughs> <laughs> All right, my guy, I think that that's about it for us. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and how to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, uh, all the usual. Pl- I say all the usual places. You can get me on Twitter, and uh, you can get me on the YouTube, and you can contact us through the website. Which right up, that wait, hang on, I got it. There it right. is.
0: Yep, it's above yeah, your head, right
1: there. there, right above me. You can get all get all the new episodes from Wednesday onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the the podcast. You can get all the new stories that we talk about and the positive stories. They usually go up on the Monday. Um when I can be bothered. Just
0: so <laughs> I was going to say, what, when, when, when <laughs> was that? I checked like two weeks ago and it wasn't updated. What's going on? What did you mean it was the updated? Well, updated it, it's updated up. since, but back when I checked it after the podcast, I was like, hmm, someone's a week behind. <laughs> uh, well, sometimes sometimes I, I lose track
1: of time, like this week when I discovered that I hadn't actually put the podcast on the schedule. <laughs> um, it just came off everything. Like I'd uploaded everything and everything was ready and I think it did, and never scheduled it and just turned off the page and it was Titan messaged me at like 8 o'clock on Wednesday and it was like ah, by the way when does the podcast go up and I was like it eh, should already be up then realised, and I thought fuck I need to do this now
0: <laughs> but yeah they can that find you on fun. Twitter and on the website and they can also find yeah. you on your Twitch right
1: yeah and uh, then again like uh, Tuesday me and Zim are badass bitches in Final Fantasy Wednesday, Titans a prick. Um, Titans a
0: prick. You know, That's because he whooped your ass in chess. chest. Don't hate. Don't hate.
1: Um, and then other days, I, I I really want to try and get a schedule, but at the same time, I don't care enough to make a schedule. I know, I know you don't. <laughs> I know
0: you're like me. I don't. I don't give a fuck. So it's like,
1: like I'd sometimes, I sometimes randomly I'll play a horror game. <laughs> randomly, so you can get me on Twitch. You can get me on Twitter. You can get me on the website. You can get me through the YouTube, and it's all
0: Chrissy C yeah, because your branding is like intelligent. Yes, I just keep to the one fucking thing. Yeah, same with me. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at DocsRyan. You can find me on Instagram, even though like I never post there because I hate taking photos of myself. It like on my Instagram, it's literally like food porn. That's that's the majority of my Instagram. Um, but yeah, you can proper on the Instagram. That's right. like, I used to use Instagram all
1: the time, and then I just went. That's a shit. And I yeah, stopped using it. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Yeah, same with Facebook yeah i don't
0: (laughs) facebook is is dying for me i i I barely am on facebook but yeah easiest way to get a hold of me is definitely on twitter or through my twitch and it's all docs ryan uh Mm -hmm. unlike chris i do have somewhat of a schedule of podcasts on sunday rpg on sunday rpg on saturday and then monday and tuesday is much to tim's chagrin whatever the fuck i feel like doing that day (laughs) Um, and then Fridays, usually I do a collab with like Zim and Dread, or I'll do like a uh, a collab with Dread, or we'll do like a Paladins on Friday. Fridays tend to be like my collab days, where Monday and Tuesday tend to be like fuck all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys hanging out. We hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Thank you to those. One mail did- thing. What? One mail thing. What? Before we go, is next week's
1: episode. Oh, Lord. Here we Let's go. Let's get the hype up here. Get the Next hype train week. rolling. Yeah. Next week episode is going to be our mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our last episode until either the last Sunday in July, the first Sunday in August. We're going yes. to take a good little break because so the dogs to move. can move. And it can just... It does. they have the stress of having to be set up for a certain time, we can just... Everything can be calm and thing So next week we're gonna have a final episode. It's also gonna be a birthday party for me because yep. I'm getting old. How old um, are you getting? So I'm gonna be thirty-one.
0: Oh That's kiss my time. ass, you're a baby. I'm gonna be forty-two, alright? Kiss my ass. Thirty-one. Ooh <laughs> <laughs> But we're gonna
1: have I've gotta have a nice wee day of gaming and just bullshitting and drinking. And then the podcast we're gonna have a couple of guests on. Yep. That I've managed to time it. There's another couple of things and another couple of guests that we're going to try and get on to make it just that little bit extra special. That's going to be but, shit show. Um, it's going to be fucking hilarious. It's going to be, be the n- same time. It'll be the same. Like we're not right. going to go over the fucking time or anything like that. Well, we like, might run. Up, be,
0: well, we'll probably go a little earlier because we are going to have a lot of people. So we might, we might, we might try and go like an hour early just to get to fit everybody in. But yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's going to be fun. So we will going to get that out there, the new, we will be posting up about it being the final episode, but hopefully you can come along again and just enjoy and the extravaganza and celebration that we'll be having as we finally hit our first finale.
0: Yeah, not bad. We'll be 18 episodes deep after that, yeah. considering we figured we could cancel after episode one. Because <laughs> let's be fair, I, I, we I, talked I, about some real shit this, this season. Like, we've talked about everything from, like, policing to racism to the Super Bowl. Like, we've talked about some shit. like to media and media and shaggy media. <laughs> and canceled. Like, we, we have not shied. I'm like, that's one of the things I'm really proud about is we have not shied away. From divisive topics, like we've we've gone in and we've gone in with a measured and intelligent approach. I feel and, and I hope that's been reflected. But yeah, next week, uh, mid-season finale. For those of you that have just sort of stumbled in, I am moving across the country on the 25th, so I'm going to be out of commission for a couple weeks, getting the house set up, getting the stream set back up, getting work settled in. But For those of you that are new and just discovered the show, we have an entire playlist on all the major digital platforms, Amazon, Google, iTunes, Spotify, all 18 episodes are are there. You can download them and listen to them. 17. It'll be 18 episodes when we cancel, jackass. Don't fuck with my head (laughs) like that, because I made one mistake last week. I made one counting error. When are you going to be on? Uh, probably the second half of that. Uh, we got to get you on, Dredd. We got to get Zim on. We got to get uh, Drew from Silver Studios on. Uh, I got a. I have a, an author and a self. Uh, someone who just started a self publishing company wants to come on and talk about writing and, and publishing. So we've got we've got a bunch of guests lined up. We just got to get it in the schedule, and we don't want to do guests back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, we've got to like, we want to space it out so that, you know, when we do have a guest on, it is it is not... An occasion. Yeah, it's an occasion. It's not routine. I know you know. I'm explaining to those that don't know. But that being said, I think we had a hell of a show, Chris. So what do we say? Yeah. Uh, see you next week. See you next week for the party. We're gonna... We're here to party! Ladies, move. <laughs> gentlemen, move. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we appreciate you hanging out. We will see you soon. I will be back later tonight uh, in like a half hour or so with uh, Spelljammer, a fifth edition D&D campaign. So see you guys soon. Chris, as always, great show, brother. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Transition. There it goes.